Welcome to the Endless River. Uh, we thank you for joining us on what is sure to be one of the least popular uh, episodes that we've ever done. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, some of those we have a lot of fun with. So, um, you know, it's 18 tracks. It's a 2015 album. It's quite a jump. Uh, um, you know, I'm super excited for who we're bringing next onto the podcast, new shows, new, uh, a new special episode coming up, perhaps a little, uh, something special on top of the special episode. But, uh, before we get to that, we've got to close out Pink Floyd. We've been on their journey. We've been alongside them, uh, every album so far, track by track, all the way from Piper at the Gates of Dawn and the Sid era through, the golden era of Pink Floyd through the Rogers era, through the Dave era. And now we have this album, um, you know, perhaps a bit of an afterthought, perhaps say, uh, you know, something for the fans, something that they obviously don't need to do. So do we appreciate that? Uh, you know, it, it, it's obviously completely devoid of any commercial effort. I mean, who thought that Pink Floyd was going to have a song on top 40 radio and, and, you know, alongside, uh, chief Keith and whoever else was dominating the charts in 2015. Um, you know, but, uh, um, I don't know. Is this a good effort from Tangerine dream? Did Moby really need to make this best left for the soundtrack to the ribbon sequel? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, maybe it's missing something vocals, perhaps. I don't know. What do you guys think? Who's, who's up first? Who wants to take the lead? Kevin, I think it's you. And then, yeah, I'm up first. I didn't even know that this this album very difficult. I'm sure we'll all say it. I appreciate it for I guess background music. Um, but yeah, something is missing. It's it's relaxing. It's a relaxing listen. You can't say it's very offensive. You know, there's no Spanish piece on here. Somebody that's spitting in your ear or something <laughs> like that. that. That doesn't really happen. Um, but it also doesn't. I don't know. If if you're trying to compete with background music, it, that's that's tough. <laughs> you know, where, where are we going, and and how do we look at this? It's tough putting this in a studio album. Like seeing this in the studio album of Wikipedia, you know that section. It's mm-hmm. almost disheartening. I wish it were. If, if this were part of like a compilation, or why why isn't it part of the later years box set instead mm-hmm. of you know that would be so much more interesting and and so much more forgivable. Like, oh, here's a bunch of stuff we dug up in the studio. We threw some stuff on it. Okay, cool. Uh, as a studio album, oh, I just, I can't buy it like that. And that's the hardest part. And I don't quite understand the lack of vocals. I, I, I don't, I like, I don't understand it. There, there's plenty of opportunity. It's not like Dave can't sing. And, and I'm not sure I buy any of the reasons for for you know the lack of vocals and honestly if this were an appendix there's you know or, or a comp put on a compilation it would have been just fine and high hopes would have closed out the studio discography as we all kind of think it does anyway and you know michael jordan the and the wizards kind of deal yeah, all that being said so. yeah all that being said I, i'm gonna give this a four out of ten i don't even know i have a one sentence for it um just that it's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it just is. 
Uh, you know, when you said background music, I mean, that's perfectly fitting. Um, you know, I, when I am, uh, you know, either, um, you know, coming up with, with, you know, production ideas or editing or, you know, whatever I do, um, you know, um, you know, with my one business, it's, it's all about, um, you know, having some good quality film scores in the background. And, you know, one of my favorite modern composers is Cliff Martinez. Uh, he did the scores to, uh, drive and, um, the neon demon and, uh, uh, spring breakers. And he just does these great, heavy, dark synth scores, um, for modern, uh, or, you know, kind of modern noir, um, eighties noir feeling films. So I, um, you know, I like that and I'm kind of predisposed to like this because I feel like in, in some strange way, this is an album that I will probably go back to more frequently than I will go back to other Pink Floyd albums simply because of its application in my life and what I do. So, uh, you know, it's got that going for it. Um, I don't know. It sounds like a great soundtrack if, you know, if they wanted to, you know, if, if CBS or whoever owns the rights to Miami Vice wanted to reboot that thing in 2016 or 2015, like this would (laughs) probably be a pretty good soundtrack, uh, uh, to that. And, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe if Stranger Things wasn't so ham-fisted, like this would kind of be a more, you know, a better evolution of that type of, uh, you know, musical score for that. So I guess, I guess, you know what, how I would sum up this album as a soundtrack to a music, uh, soundtrack to a movie that doesn't exist, but I really want to see for some reason. Um, and it's got some strong points. I don't know. I might be, I might be the outlier here, uh, you know, um, so we'll see how it shakes out, but I'm going to give it a, 6.5 because at least maybe I you know just kind of luckily um, found some nice moments on here that I get to take the lead on in our track bite track but I will uh, start off with a 6.5 with the expectation of perhaps um, I don't know perhaps a uh, um, a bearish expectation on that 6.5 we'll see <laughs> Alex what do you think yeah uh, I think I'm glad you guys went before me uh, as I stated in our group text uh, I finally made it through this album today i tried (laughs) tried getting it getting through it during the week and i got about you know through three songs uh and i don't know i I don't (laughs) know sending somebody else rat videos yeah i'm I'm listening to other things and i'm supposed to be doing my homework on this and (laughs) i I don't know i i I don't it's unfair and i kind of said this with division bell because we've spent, what, 13, 14, I don't even know what album this is now. Is this 15 studio albums? And this is 15. That, that's pretty much, like for all intents and purposes, all we've pretty much listened to week by week. So we've just gotten a steady diet of Pink Floyd. So it's probably pretty easy to get sick of them. So I, I guess it's unfair as if we were to maybe like take a couple weeks off and then come back to this. I probably would have appreciated it more. But yeah, I mean... I don't know. I was even trying to like pay extra attention because I know we're doing something a little different tonight where we, you know, <clears throat> randomly selected four, four or five songs that we're going to take the lead on. And some of the ones that I got uh, <clears throat> delegated to are OK. Some I don't know. I, I didn't feel a whole lot. But I yeah, I guess I said uh, I appreciate the because I, I read that there was a lot of retrospective ties to past work. It's sort of like an amalgamation of sort of a lot of the different eras. Uh, you know, they they have a little bit of Piper. They have a little bit of The Wall. They have a little bit of Division Bell, Momentary Lapse. And I even heard a, even a little bit of Metal here and there. So I, I guess I appreciate that as like a wrap-up. But yeah, just the fact that it's 18 songs with really only one song having vocals, we're, we're not, as the listeners should know, we're not 
covering the deluxe edition with those extra four or five songs at the end there, whatever that is. But I said, uh, you know, I appreciate the retrospective ties to past works. And, you know, obviously big respect to Rich uh, because, you know, this was sort of in uh, tribute to him as he passed away before this came out. But uh, I just felt it to be unnecessary. And I said it should have ended at the division bell, to be honest. And yeah, I mean, like Kevin said, if this was maybe tacked on to like the later years or it was under a different name or something like that. I think I would have appreciated it more, but like, I feel like they, they wrapped up the Pink Floyd discography so well with high hopes. And then they just kind of did this at the end. And it's like, ah, they had it so perfect. Why did they have to go and do this? I mean, I don't know if anybody really needed this. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a four out of 10 as well. I, and to be honest, I don't really remember a whole lot about it and maybe it's because there's no vocals so there's like maybe less memorable hooks and stuff but i don't know it just it didn't do a whole lot for me <laughs> you know the the jordan's jordan and the wizards comparison like we're chicago guys so you know we all grew up in the golden era of or kind of at the i, I you know i guess i guess we were kind of young for uh, a lot of the real golden era but with the bulls and uh you know for those of you who don't know the story i mean jordan retired he made the final uh you know he, he made the winning shot in the uh, nba championship to make it uh six championships and uh retired from the game of basketball and then wouldn't you know it he came back um and uh played some forgettable seasons with the washington wizards and really just the more i think about it the more that comparison <laughs> is apt i don't know uh brett Favre with the jets i, I was know. literally just <laughs> gonna say brett uh, yeah well because the packers have been my favorite team since I was a kid and Brett Favre was my hero and then he should have retired as a Packer and then of course he goes to the Jets and then the Vikings which are arch rivals and it's like dude you you should have ended with the Packers yeah. you blew it <laughs> you had it and uh, lost my respect <laughs> oh well so didn't Chris, he do something with significant one? with the Vikings yeah he did I think yeah I think you might be right I don't remember. Yeah, this now. isn't a sports podcast, but yeah, yeah. The Bears did end his career on the Minnesota field. So, uh, oh yes, okay. I remember that, Chris. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I I like all the points you made. Uh, as far as Kevin uh, appreciating the material, but as far as how it was delivered as a studio album was, I think kind of shooting yeah. for the yeah the moon a little bit, or even some distant planet, other distant planet. Yeah, um, and. Uh, but yeah, there is, it's, it's funny. I found myself enjoying this record a lot more when I was like jamming along to it. I mean, pulled out my Strat, plugged in, got those clean kind of nice lead sounds. And then I, cause again, this, and this is kind of how I started out my statement. Yeah. This is the epitome of a demo unused outtakes. Like this is, this is material that is, it's, that's being compiled. I mean, with a band that's still functioning where you have all the members writing, contributing, you've got one guy writing the lyrics and then, okay, well, here's the music. Okay. Now I'm going to hand you the music. Okay. See what you can do with it. That's what this is. That's what all this material, and technically it is. This is all unused material from the Division Bell uh, sessions. That's, I think, kind of, yeah, that was the big thing. And I think it really, unfortunately, shows here. Why did it have to be an album, though? And and another thing, I feel really bad, because this is like, I mean, for Rick, I mean, always wanted to kind of find his place in the band and really kind of make his mark. And where does he do it? I mean, he's gone. He's passed away. And where, where, where is most of his material show up? On a record that's very not really a record, it's just kind of like taking a box of musical ideas and just dumping them out on a. To, well, and that's yeah. an interesting point to kind of yeah. go back to the final cut. I mean, there's that there's an interview where David is kind of trashing the music, and he just felt like it wasn't up to par. And I think the quote was, 
well, the majority of this album musically are outtakes from The Wall. And if the songs weren't good enough for The Wall, then why are they good enough now for the right. final cut? And, and it's yeah. kind of like, well, you're kind of doing it to yourself here. Right, right here, yeah. yeah. There's some cool ideas, which I wish they would have been kind of explored, again, in a more, like, complete context. Uh, I think Mark had said, and I kind of agree with that, this is really, like, cinematic, like, background. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I had this. I think this would have worked great. Maybe in some kind of like weird memorial for Rick, have this whole album playing to like some kind of video, like covering his musical journey. Can you imagine that doing some weird like art sure. cartoon movie? I, yeah. I don't know what made me think about. It. I'm like, yeah, this would have been great as a because you don't necessarily need words. You just kind of show. Yeah, yeah. The music, yeah, the music itself doesn't act on its or isn't doesn't the, the impact isn't there just existing on record. It needs to be. Accompanied by something else, mm-hmm. yeah. I uh, and I, I think that uh, that's the biggest problem here. They're just kind of delivering it like, well, here. I mean, hopefully, uh, yeah, enjoy it for what it is. But yeah, this is, yeah, very. Uh, it was funny. I'll, <laughs> I, I was reading a couple of reviews on this, and this one kind of jumped out at me. Um, uh, it was from the Guardian, writing a review. Uh, 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 that this album was uh, was like a warm but slightly awkward group hug. Yeah, where you got, yeah, yeah, where it's like, okay, you can see the band. I mean, they're all kind of pushing the guys who got pushed out throughout their most prolific era, and now they're back, but it's still not what it should be for a band like Pink Floyd. Yeah, there's just something kind of like maybe they know in the back of their mind that this is not kind of the quality piece that it should be. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a this is a an album. Like I said before, it's 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 yeah, it's 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 funny when you listen to bands talking about the making of their records. They had like, okay, I recorded my parts and then I gave it to, and that's what this is. This is the music that is waiting for something else to be put on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I don't I don't I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's what. Yeah, this is this is literally just yeah material that was sitting, kind of waiting. Yeah, it's like a. Yeah, yeah, it's like some kind of undercooked food, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah Chris, where, where are you at with yeah. your score? Um, I'm gonna s- kind of stick in the middle of where you guys are. I'll give it like a five point five, I guess. Um, okay. Glad I'm not alone up there at six point five. You know, um, you know, when I said that this is you know a soundtrack to a movie that I want to see but I don't think exists, um, Alex did remind me that this is an actual film in the chat. Um, uh, directed by Ian Ames, and you know I'm watching well, it on Vimeo right now, and I don't know if I would call it a film. It's more like a, you know, kind of an art house sequence of. Yeah, may, 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 maybe to clarify that, so uh, they did a 5.1 surround mix of this yeah. album, and it was included in the later years, 87 to 2019 box set. But they set the music to a film by him, so I think it's kind of like a retrospective. Like in the studio making the album, and then maybe some pictures and stuff. I haven't seen it, so I, maybe people can see that. Would me, be but. just cool if it were just like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I enjoyed this too when I was like, I found myself sitting there working, and songs were going by, and I'm like, oh, this is great working music. Like, like Agreed. what Mark said. But it's like, ah, uh, it, it's it's hard yeah. to reconcile that with. And, and with I everything. did throw some of this on um, in my theater. Um, and you know, I will say that it's an interesting experience to hear it in five one. I mean, I, I didn't listen to all of it, but I focused on my tracks. Um, but you know, I, it, it just, you know, purpose music in the year 2015, 
I guess they don't they, they don't have to they can do what they want they're Pink Floyd they don't need the money or don't need the the number one hit for sure but um, you know asking everyone to you got to really experience it by watching the film and experience it in five one is just uh, kind of a weird ask for your final album I don't know that it just should be just some kind of compilation project or something so mm-hmm. yeah all right well I guess it's time to dive into <laughs> this then. Um, whatever you want to call it <laughs> things left unsaid of tricks and he decided he was going to use that Ebo. Um, yeah, there's something about that intro that so strongly reminds me of, of the previous it, album. Like at any second it's going to kick in to this. Moby's God moving over the what face a classic. of the waters, which is a oh, classic, man. and it's the endings uh, uh, soundtrack placement for um, one of the greatest movies of all time, Michael oh, Mann's yeah. Heat. Um, yes, such a great you know music placement. And oh, man, I haven't heard um, that in forever. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, love, I love that I just, song. It yeah. just—it's just kind of like you know Moby in 2015 is is just like oh you know like could you have done better, Pink Floyd? Could you have been more? Um, you know, there's like kind of like this underwater spacey feel for four and a half minutes. It just, you know, and not only that, but it just feels like it's like the third time in a row that they've opened the album with like a slow, spacey, slow, synthy, and, you know, so he throws the Ebo on top, and that's supposed to be more interesting, less, I don't, I don't know. Like see, just, I, I see, I, wanted I think more, the like, Ebo stuff. is too, it's too, the Ebo is too on the nose. It's like we <laughs> just heard that. No, we the, just heard that on the division bell. So if you're like, you're like new music and then here's stuff that sounds straight off like we recorded it right past you know take it back <laughs> like, i just wish they would like have that's been, hard to like they, oh, just technically they do did. something I mean, that's a little yeah, yeah. i know but i'm a gummo yeah. or adam Hart. i know they hate those albums from their past but had they thrown in a little bit more abstraction <clears throat> to the yeah. synth textures especially in the year 2015 where, I mean, you know, you could dial up absinthe and just randomize synth presets and get all <laughs> kinds of really interesting, cool sounds. And they just go from, they go just like with a Moby sound from 1995. Well, it's like, e- even the guitars, too. Like, it's not, we, we've heard that sound before, Dave. You know, haven't you had something in the past 20 years? Yeah, now it's, it's sad. That, that can really make us think, like, no. Yeah, uh, this is the one point, yeah, where, because we've been kind of supporting Dave as far as just this very kind of, yeah, very textured guitar player and here now i'm just like he's taking it to like its ultimate conclusion like okay you've taken the 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 filling ambience to its 
Apex. I mean, where else mm-hmm. can you? It's funny. I don't know why I should I should have played this album at the office because this is pretty much the music that we listen to in there. <laughs> just sure. me, just meander, meandering piano, acoustic, and uh, and synth music. And I don't right. know why. For I those of you who don't know, Chris is yeah. uh, he, he works at a dental office. <laughs> yeah. So this. <laughs> well, you're so this getting your teeth drilled. You can listen to a little bit of. Uh, yeah. Uh, David Gilmore Ebo. Yeah. <laughs> so to be fair, that part that you played, and I'm glad you squeezed that in there, and maybe you could play it just again as a refresher right around no. one, one minute. Ebo. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I think it was actually before the Ebo came in, but I mentioned earlier on in an earlier Pink Floyd episode, I don't remember which one it was, but how big a fan I am of Brian Eno's Music for Airports, and this song just sounds like this would have fit on that album before the guitar comes in, because I don't think there's any guitar on that album at all, but there's actually like a turn of uh, of a note here, right at like one minute and 42 seconds, and you played it at one point, Kev, I don't know if you could play it again, but it's like spot on on a song on Music for Airports. It's like, it's like the same kind of... <laughs> right there, that note. It's like very like heavenly, yeah, there's and whole... like that that exact kind of synth, almost like the exact chord is in that album, and that's a very relaxing album for me. But that whole album, I, I feel like it's it's made for that, so I can go into that with that mindset. Which this, it's like, all right, maybe they were trying to do something different. I mean, they've done thirteen full full band albums, and they're like, well, you know, we don't like Mark said, we don't owe anybody anything. We just we maybe we want to do something different. And I, I guess, but I don't know, that's not really what I go into when I listen to Pink Floyd. So if they're trying to just do like a spa album. Uh, but I mean, they didn't it do just, anything different. They just turned their sound into a spa yeah. sound. Yeah. And, put it out there. And, and, and I read on all music, uh, somebody left a user review and they said, I, I kind of don't get why. And I was, I don't, I wasn't really paying attention to when this album was coming out or the press or the marketing around it. So take that into consideration but he says uh, i don't get why people are so upset with this being like an atmospheric album because they were kind of hinting that that's what this album was going to be so like they told you they were going to do this so what do you why, why are you surprised yeah, and well, yeah it's all it's, it's, it's all it's not that it's it's all leftover i mean they're not technically songs a lot of these were just like okay here's an idea here's another idea here's something that's almost a song and okay here's one song with lyrics i mean it's like yeah okay right yeah, it is yeah, weird. It's, it's it's not a yeah, there's not a lot of convention here, which is fine. I mean, they've always been unconventional, <laughs> yeah. but but here it's I, I don't know. Maybe it was just them like okay, we want to pay our respects to Rick, so here is Rick. Yeah, well, and all think his about yeah. Metallica and Garage Inc. You know, we cover Metallica and how we didn't cover Garage Inc. because it's really not a, we don't want to only only cover studio albums of original material. But you know, they found a way to pay tribute to their roots and you know, kind of give you a, something interesting and different that <clears throat> you know might have not you know interested everybody, but it still is kind of a valuable addition if you're a hardcore Metallica fan. So you know, there's there's possibilities. People have done it. So and I happen to love that album actually. A lot of those yeah, covers that, are I like I, better than the originals. Yeah. And I think you have to look at a different kind of truth um, to our Van Halen about reworking old material and putting it mm-hmm. in a collection of albums and yeah, but they, what can be done and I right. don't know. But they, I mean, at least on that album, I mean, they turned them into songs where here it's just right. outtakes of, of, pieces, the they were, like, of, of they, pieces they were working on. And it's just, it's almost like, well, Rick's not here, so we're just going to leave it as 
as it was. Yeah, without yeah, we don't want to put anything. Yeah, because he's what not did here. Rick to, want perhaps but it, this is the time where my complaint about Nick Mason might be extending a little bit to the rest of the band. I'm just not sure they're the hardest working band in town, are they? <laughs> just seem a bit lazy, don't they? Well, then the get the fact that Pink they, Floyd just is kind of a low effort band. I don't know. Maybe it's just they did, got super creative muse you know, in Roger and just. I don't know. It's hard. I mean, you have one album. I mean, you work hard in the experience, and then all of a sudden you have a record that sells 50-plus million copies. I mean, I'm sure, okay, do we really have to... And they did for a while. They did for... They put out some cool records up until 1980, what, and then it was kind of... What, yeah, Ro- uh, what did Roger put out on his own right around this time? I, I'd be interested to kind of know the comparisons. Did he have an album? Well, he yeah, even... Okay. A couple of years later. 20, yeah. A couple of years later. Okay. Well. You know, why does this album need four producers? <laughs> like what? What on here? What on here said? You know, we need producers for this song. I'm really stuck on this part. I think we should bring in some outside help. And uh, <laughs> what did you get stuck get, on with get, these? Yeah, get, get some, get some who, of these guys yeah. because uh, you know I can't get this bridge down. So we're gonna need to bring in uh, youth and uh, get get them to get this bridge. Like no, I, I, <laughs> that just uh, doesn't it doesn't make sense yeah, to me. Like, Honestly. No, no, no seance to try to reach uh, Rick on the other side. Yeah, to try to get his <laughs> input. <laughs> it's like that's what. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Alex, it looks like you got pegged with the uh, longest song on this record. So, yeah, you uh, did. You, you got a time stamp for me. You just want to click and skip. Yeah, just click and skip. I honestly, <laughs> I don't remember. It. Do, do you somewhere. remember the title of the song, Alex? It's what we do. I, 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 have, <laughs> I, have, I, I have a two-sentence note for this one. Okay. All right. It's what we do. So I'll take the lead on this one. So <laughs> what I wrote down is I wrote not bad, I guess, you know, sounds like classic Floyd, very, uh, you know, uh, wish you were here era. I, I heard some welcome in the machine and from just kind of reading into this song, uh, I think they were trying to sort of do a shining you crazy diamond part one through four and then a part five through eight. Uh, that this was kind of like their version of those that that suite on this album, and yeah, I could hear that, and it is interesting. I mean, I don't know if I would say it's like as strong as anything on "Wish You Were Here," but it would have been interesting to hear what this is like without like vocals. Because can you imagine like it? It had been what you said twenty years since the Vision Belt comes out. Imagine getting to track two and you hear this, but there's vocals on it. You're like, holy, holy shit, this sounds like this could be off Wish You Were Here. This is going to be amazing. It's kind of like the Van Halen thing, where it's like, oh man, this sounds like 1978 Van Halen, and but it's new. It's 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 awesome. and But there's yeah. no vocals. Like That would have been nice. And I found this kind of funny, because I was reading on Genius.com to get a little bit more information, and obviously there's no lyrics, so nobody's really talking much about the lyrics. But uh, I, I don't know, maybe somebody found this in an interview, but I didn't see that anywhere. But 
somebody said the the song reflects on the theme of passion as well as regret and acceptance. And my question is, how the hell do you there know you that? There's my, there's, okay. my, there's my response to that. Okay. <laughs> out some generic Dave blues licks. Because I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I didn't hear any words in there. I didn't hear any themes. Okay, oh, So I'm not quite sure where you're getting that analysis that from. Unless, again, nuts. forgive me, unless maybe Dave had a track by track. He's getting uh, it from the sweaty guy in the CME practice room. I, uh, I guess so. And I, I'll, just, I'll just say that's not... That, that's not the first time that idea is going to come up because apparently some guy had thoughts on all these songs. <laughs> <laughs> I have a suggestion to throw out there. There's a possibility that perhaps they didn't want to include lyrics or vocals because they simply did not want this to be judged alongside Pink Floyd albums of the past. Yeah, so this yeah, was kind of the easy way out. Yeah, just to kind of just like you know kind of uh, chris i remember when you're talking about kirk hammond reaching into his box father kirk bringing out a shiny old toy and it's another wah pellet solo <laughs> like, and it's just another weedle weedle solo and it's kind of like dave bringing out another blues solo that just sounds like part why, three of shine on you crazy bother man. then just why bother yeah. yeah it just feels like it's like eh, i don't know it's too hard to come up with lyrics and melodic ideas and you know a concept and we're pink floyd and we have to do a concept with everything yeah, so yeah. Ah, screw yeah. it just put out yeah. some they'll yuck it up they'll buy it just make it sound like you know wish it's, you were here and people will the, just rave about it i just don't get the it. point of that and they don't, need, they don't need the money that do the it's what, was yeah, this I, a record obligation was this a well, i don't know i mean i think i, I think <laughs> it was just supposed to be like paying homage to rick but it was weird it didn't but it wasn't we needed more rick then. yeah and, and less dave <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know yeah. I, I mean is it yeah i mean is there like is it like uh like eddie's uh 5150 studios is is, is there more there is are there thousands of hours more i mean that they could have pulled from but this is all i'm gonna they, say no yeah <laughs> just based on I, and, I, and i feel yeah. like a better tribute to him would have been releasing Stuff that he wrote that you worked with well and a proper Pink Floyd album. That would have been a better tribute. Like, look at this great stuff that Rick had right. and we worked with. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry I, we didn't do it when he was alive. Yeah, and that's the thing that, uh, yeah, that frustrates me, too, with the material here is that I think, again, this is like the seeds planted, but they don't you don't water the seed. Yeah, you just like there's 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 great there's great ideas here that, man, if they would have like just uh, I mean, it's their band. I mean, why why didn't they just why didn't Dave record or write with his wife some lyrics for and, and build on some of these? Who knows? It could have been maybe another like Division Bell type record, which we all which we all like. I mean, from the, from a certain perspective, yeah. I mean, Rick but, no. left them some seeds, and they didn't even bother watering the plant. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> they're right, exactly. They died. Yeah, they're, they just like thanks, guys. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. There's my one statement. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they 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 uh, had uh, yeah they had the Rick plant, and they left it. Yeah, they forgot about it in the corner. Yeah, Hank was too yeah. busy doing. Smoke, other things is, than practicing uh, and right, yeah. <laughs> just was messing around with the Ebo when the plant died. Dave, Dave hasn't been in that house, in that room in his house in 20 years, walks in there and finds the plant <laughs> dead. over <laughs> on the side. Maybe nobody will notice. Maybe we can bring this thing back to life. Nah, yeah, I don't know let's find that. out. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, we have to move on yeah. to ebb and flow. I think this is another Alex tune, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I hate I hate to I hate to let you down, but I don't have quite a timestamp for this one either.
right, what did I have to say for ebb and flow? Uh, well, I have uh, nice Richard Wright keys at the beginning, and I suppose I liked some of the chimes at the end, but again, I don't know. I, I didn't do a whole lot for me <laughs> here. What else is uh, there to, to say? <laughs> to, to be honest. Yeah, but again, and, and I shouldn't pick on this person, this contributor on Genius.com, because I'm, I'm sure he was just trying to be he or her. Uh, it's anonymous. But it says the song reflects on realization and hope as well as a tint of anxiousness and loneliness. And again, I'm not quite sure how you're getting that from an instrumental piece. But <laughs> again, I, say, I don't know. I, what a, little, a little bit of the, uh, yeah. Again, maybe, <laughs> maybe again, uh, this was, there was a track by track interview with the guys and that's what they said it. But again, it's just kind of there. And yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's nice background music, but. Yeah. I, I would probably rather go to something else. Like I'd rather put on some jazz or something else if I mm-hmm. wanted that. So I don't know. Yeah, I, all I put was yeah, it makes me want to hit the sack. Yeah, I mean yeah, have heard these parts countless times before over the last what twenty years of, of these re- uh, records. Yeah, I gotta say that I'm uh, uh, sorry to say I just, I'm really sick of that guitar sound already. All right, <laughs> so we're gonna move on to the next track, and that is some. I don't mind this track so much. Um, somehow it reminds me of like an intro track. Like if, if this were the intro to an, a brand new album by Pink Floyd, cut out the rest of the stuff. And if we're maybe not an instrumental album, you know, maybe this is a new concept album with vocals, perhaps. I know that's a, a crazy idea there. But I feel like this would fit well, and it would be a cool instrumental intro track. It's not, and it's too long, <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's kind of where we're at. Um, but I, but I do appreciate the rake here and there. I yeah, feel like I I nice. agree that with that a little bit. I did say this one was good, and if anything, at the at the top, there was just like a little bit more energy and a little bit more power behind this one, and it caught my attention. And I guess I was reading. Uh, that it, it actually uses a little bit of cluster one and it even harkens back a little bit to the Piper days. They were trying to do a little bit of a, and sorry, Chris, if any of these are trivia questions, I had to <laughs> scramble for things to talk about on these songs. So yeah. if I'm stealing your thunder, I'm sorry. That's all right. I guess they stole, they stole a little bit of interstellar overdrive, or at least I guess they were trying to kind of go for that on this. I don't know if I 
Totally heard that so much. Maybe a little bit more cluster yeah. one, but I, yeah, actually, I don't think I minded this one as much either. You know, what, you know what's weird? It was very difficult finding. Is like Alex, you did, did a lot better than I did as far as finding like the deeper like or whatever you want to call it behind these songs because there's not a lot. <laughs> I, yeah. I just yeah, a lot of the trivia I did was not unfortunately not really related to. <laughs> yeah, maybe okay. a song heard. Yeah, so I don't know if uh, if that'll help you guys at all, but. Uh, uh, it's fine. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff going on here, and not necessarily anything that I really give a crap about outside of the actual <laughs> band. That, that I, That's I, one I, way I, to put it. Outside of the actual bands that I'm hearing here, who did it much better. Like uh, I kind of uh, bookmarked yeah, the last 40 seconds. There's a lot of like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer going on, and there's like this weird thing at the end where it kind of sounds like how a day in the life ends, where you've got like that like that orchestral kind of smash, and then it fades out. Yeah, Kevin, can you start at like around the last 40, 45 seconds? Sure. Let me get that queued up. Doesn't it? Chris, Doesn't that's great yeah. connection because that sounds yeah. like the THX sound, and the THX sound comes from a day in the life. In the, oh, does so, it? Okay, yeah. Oh. So there's so uh, that's that. So that was one thing they kind of. Just, yeah, just okay, for completion, right. you'll have right. to throw in the... There's, uh... Hang on, Chris, yep. hang on a second. Oh, you got it? Oh, you're not... <laughs> <laughs> when you know a good movie is about to Yeah, sound <laughs> of my childhood in the theater, for sure. <laughs> the YouTube version has warning huge bass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I should put, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, you were kind of yeah. That there is, like, yeah, like what I said in the beginning in my opening statement. Yeah, this is a lot more enjoyable when you're actually playing along to it. Yeah, these are kind of like accompanying, like when you're listening to just kind of like yeah, wordless tracks, which is rhythm, where you're just kind of they're great to improvise over. And this is another one like yeah. that. Uh, uh, if you're not, if I if, if I feel like I'm not actively participating in it, I don't. Again, I don't have any vested interest in ever. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Just listening to it on its own and then like, oh, okay. No, it's like, no, I don't care. Yeah, okay. Just either give me a guitar, let me contribute something to it, or yeah, okay, let's move that, stuff it back in the drawer. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kevin, if you could play at 3.30, I found myself kind of jamming over this part of a little bit more than I would have expected I would. 3.30. Yeah. Go. Oops, turn the volume. Yeah, there's fertile ground right there for a lot of yeah, kind of doing your own. Yeah, this should but it should have been one of those like 
the Pink uh, yeah, the uh, members of Pink Floyd should have put this out there as like a like a fan project or you know like okay can anybody make this better <laughs> or can anybody hey, make this into a complete idea? They could have kickstarted it. They could have crowdfunded it. Yeah, that would have that would have been fun. Like okay, here we like we want your help in making this uh, or whatever. But it's like nope. It's like just here it is. Yeah. Take it yeah, or leave it. Help us tribute to Rick. You know. Yeah. Uh, right. Well. Yeah. And it, I, I think. So anyway, yeah, we can move on. Now. <laughs> it's it's time to hit the skins. this one interesting uh so i i like the clips you played there kev there was one part i think right around two minutes you played it it was so flock of seagulls like i feel like it was literally copied and pasted from uh i think i ran and again they it's not the first time i've mentioned that band in i feel like there's so much in between those two bands with the delayed guitar and some of the these synth sounds it seems like they they kind of take from each other uh quite a bit but uh question nick's time to shine question mark he's moving on this one and actually i think the drums sound pretty good here i don't know technically if he's uh doing anything that crazy but like just drum tone wise i think it sounded pretty good and he's at least doing some he's he's changing it up versus the slow kind of typical beats that he's been doing for the last (laughs) long while i mean I, i feel like i haven't heard rick be this busy since piper so it was a little refreshing or maybe he was a little bit more busy on like say more or on uh, the Nile song or something like that. I have to go back, but I didn't actually yeah. mind this one too much. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this um, approach of we're going to draw back from our experimental past, but do it in a little bit more mature and coherent way. Um, more that like we know what we're doing rather than we're just messing around and whatever comes out of the studio and is put to tape is what we're going to put out there. Um, I love that you brought back more because strong, strong reminiscence uh, to me of Up the Kyber. Oh, yeah. Remember this one? The worst jazz beat ever. <laughs> but still, I mean, like, you, you know, Nick, Nick not known for his time action, really. So, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's you, know what? Cool. you know what? Listening to the... Listening to the first five songs on the Endless River, more sounding a little bit better than I remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Rick participating. I, I appreciate that. It just uh, didn't you terminate that? That what? one didn't, didn't you terminate up the Kyber or no? I might have just for being like the, probably for Nick's drumming because I, yeah. you know that, that is probably the worst I, high I, school level. You know, a high schooler could could rip off drums better than that. I think um, we need to have like, a, it, it's kind a of funny more revisit. Dave seems to be mailing it in. All of a sudden, Nick decides, "Hey, you know, I want to layer a couple of drum parts together and get the blow and get the blood going a little bit." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the uh, uh, the 
unsettling effect of uh, you know reminiscent of their experimental past. Um, at least drawing on that a little bit for the sixth song or fifth song of this suite. You know, I don't know. I don't. Who cares? But um, it's, 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 it's by the way, this is like all part of a suite or something. I don't know. Uh, but how it's supposed to fit together. But uh, Kevin, can you go up? Actually, you know what? I can do it. Uh, One fifty. What is that? Like it, it just sounds like it, Chris. Remember your elephant from Ele- Metallica? Elephant the pit? I remember. <laughs> oh yeah. That. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Jesus. I'm yeah. just like what? I don't. It's like not, I don't know. I don't have any funny thing what this could be. It just sounds like like a like an animal's crying, or even a like mountain. a or even like a, like a person screaming, but it's slowed down a bit. I don't know. Yeah, it, it didn't yeah. give me. I, I yeah, it didn't give me those vibes of these. Well, like I, okay, so I, yeah. I actually really like it because yeah. as much as I was complaining about the stupid yeah. Ebo, and or like the stupid Ebo, but the overused Ebo, and like look another Di sounding guitar with a lot of echo on it. Like I, I appreciate. I wish there was more of this. Like I wish there was more. You know, ex- experimentation with with the guitar and what you can do very, very easily in the year 2015, rather than just plug your guitar into the board, throw it on a delay pedal, and call it a day. Right. I do like the and there. Now that I think of it, as far as the type of imagery that part gives me, I mean, it's again, there's a lot of cinematic vibes coming out of there. Where you, it, that's almost like the part in, let's just say, yeah, some unmade movie where yeah, the protagonist has come upon something horrific or whatever, yeah. or his come to the realization of his situation is dire you which i think I get, we, we I get tell you lion king and the son finding out that the dad died or something oh, that's, like, <laughs> that's out our, i don't know i'd love to see i'd love to see every, every like a, a youtube video of that where you're just taking that song and putting it over <laughs> yeah. that scene <laughs> you know, yeah what yeah one last thing uh yeah I, I don't know maybe i think i i'm the only one out of the four of us who saw genesis live uh, that the drumming actually kind of reminds me of like the drumming duels that phil collins had with chester thompson i don't know mm. what it is maybe that's just my, my memory of that show like the the beats really kind of got me took me back to that mm. uh, which I mean, maybe is a good thing it's funny the first time yeah that we're actually kind of giving props to i think it's what almost 40 years into their or yeah. al- almost 50 years into their career yeah uh, but i liked the idea i kind of had that where you've it feels like a drum duel, duel, actually. But even though it's only one guy playing, but I liked how it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I guess. Yeah, if anything, it sounds like he's playing against somebody, and like there's like this sure. duel going on. Yeah, or yeah. push pull. Yeah. Right. There. So anyway, yeah, that's yeah. that's it. All right, well, let's keep moving along as as we do uh, to unsung. You know, I could listen to this stuff all day, Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love this song. I love that sound. I love that synth. 
it just it's a such a you know it, it, it's almost um like i'm disappointed that it doesn't last longer actually i know it's it's kind of alan parsonsy um and it's you know it, it, it's it's it sounds totally 80s and it's like 80s journey or something but boy it gets my blood you know going. what i like just you, that that, that dun, 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 you know dun, what i dun, feel like, like? Just, you know what it is it's remember the rumsfield Remember, like, Van Halen and Unchained? Like, you know, that's the song I walked down my driveway to. Like, this is the song. Finally, in Pink Floyd, we've gotten to a song that I could picture my... I'm not walking down the driveway, but I'm standing at the top of my driveway. I'm giving a little side eye. <laughs> to, to, like, what's going what, on? It almost what, feels, it almost feels like... like <laughs> the door open, but her car's not there. Yeah. You know, like, it's got something mysterious and brooding about it that I, I don't love. Know. It, it sounds like Welcome to the Machine a little bit. That was the one thing mm-hmm. I had written down here, and I had a hard time kind of... Well, it's not I mean, exactly like yeah, but the, the yeah, machine. but the mu- yeah, the way that the music, cho- like the choice of whatever the chords and the way that it flows, reminded me. Well, I, I almost could, I could it. almost hear I could almost hear Rogers like vocals in my head. Like I yeah, hear like, it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. There we go. No, uh, I mean it's the same chord progression, which is not a very innovative chord progression. But but I ju- yeah, but it just again I could hear like where I could almost transplant the lyrics right. And I don't know. Maybe maybe that took me out. Okay. When it when it warms up, when it is not you know, zero degrees outside. Go put on your headphones, stand at the foot of your driveway <laughs> in the, in, in, just like at sunset, put this on and just look around and to see if the surroundings take on a different feel. And I, I, have, sure to like, I have to say, I'm, I, I had like, I obviously listened to this album a couple times and I don't remember the song until I played that clip, but I remarks convincing me here. And when I was playing that clip, it sounded mm. like if Pink Floyd did like the Dark Knight or the Interstellar soundtrack, that's yeah. kind of what it would sound yeah. like. You know, that pulsing synth or something, and, and you can look around or you see the cloak pack through the window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, even it's just like just like a, a neon street, you know, and then it's like like Miami at night where the lights are just blinking red. Um, yes. you know, yes. it's just like, you know, it, it just kind of, the, 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 it's wet and it just yeah. kind of has that, like this, just the camera just moving down the road. Like there's no subject. It's just got that mysterious it build, brooding it builds the feel. tension in a way. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you yeah, get to I be could. on your seat. And yeah, can I, I, I take over a little bit of the next song just by the transition of this? Can you just play this song into the, into, uh, Anesia? Yeah, sure. Hang on. <laughs> It's got to be one of the weirder transitions in uh, this type of thing because all of a sudden it goes into the Truman Show. Yes, I said that. Yeah, yes. wow. totally wow. going into the Truman Show. That's exactly wow. what I, I wrote down. That. Yeah, that's just That's like the, wild. The, the, like that whole major transition, just like from it's like this broody minor, and all of a sudden it's like ba ba. Damn, that's bah. good. It just that's got good. That that's good. End of Truman Show. And you know what? I also got a little bit of too. Um, that you know, I'm sure they weren't taken from this, but uh, at least at that line there. John Coltrane's Giant Steps. I mean, it's just such an iconic uh, uh, structure of notes. Um, I I don't know if they were taken from John Coltrane, but that's what popped into my mind, too, with that line. But, uh, yeah, kind of a weird, I mean, it's kind of disappointing in a way because I wanted that song to last longer. 
And then it's got this stupid, like, us and them sounding, just like total straight up us and them. And then it goes into Truman Show. It's so bizarre. I don't know yeah. what to make of Completely it. But yeah, bizarre. that's it, what it, I got it, for this. It, yeah. It says that they were stealing a little bit of Mother, too, on this one. Were they? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of Roger song, in, the, in this song, yeah. But anyway, I'll play, yeah, I'll play my clip shortly, and I'll, uh, I don't have much to say after this, but yeah, I'll play my Also reminds me of maybe not the Kenny G. <laughs> well, big time, yeah. I, uh... Yeah, maybe not the grandiose section or whatever, but it reminds me of the post-communion music in church. You know, when they're they're wrapping <laughs> everything up and putting the, the and dismissing host everybody, and yeah, <laughs> everything away, and the band is just because nobody's singing because you're supposed to be praying or whatever, and then the band is just kind of right. playing some stuff. And, and yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. This is another one that's like. I don't Where's know the what vocals? that part. That's right. soprano sax just has to go. I, I, <laughs> I, I've yeah. seen a lot of opinions yeah. on it online. I, I, I didn't read a ton about this. But. Not 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 to ruin this for later, but I kind of have opposite thoughts from you guys on the last two songs. Where you guys loved the last one, but not liking this one. I'm kind of the opposite. I kind of like this one. I said, "Nice piano from Dick, uh, sax baby." Uh, enjoyed it. I don't know. I think maybe because there's a lot of snoozing going on here outside of maybe some and skins, and we're picking it up a little bit here. A little yeah. bit of blood flowing a little bit. That's yeah. kind of why I liked yeah. it. So yeah, there's, a, there's a lot going on here, too. Um, I'm trying to see if I had a st- uh, time stamp. Um, of course, I don't think I... Uh, yeah, if you, yeah, there's one point in here where it feels like, I mean, you've got the saxophone, you've got the drums, you've got the guitar, and they, it doesn't feel like they're they're harmonizing in the best way and it just feels where you almost have to take your headphones off yeah i mean it's definitely a strange track um take but yeah the, I, I, it was funny the, the yeah the piano and the guitar reminded me of something that you'd hear like off the final cut like that where it doesn't sound really unique it's almost just there yeah just yeah the move. piano is kind of where it's evocative of church music but, this, but, this, unfor- if I remember but unfortunately different yeah, than a piano yeah un- yeah unfortunately there's no at least on the final cut i mean you had roger's lyrics were which were the center point here you have like basic Music that is crying for lyrics, yeah, to it drive, is. yeah, and there's nothing there, so you just have this plotting kind of whatever you want to call it where there's too much going on, uh, but does but none of that is saying anything. Could <laughs> they have had the fans come up with something? I mean, come on, they could have emulated. I mean, how many uh, Roger Waters come up with some Roger Water that you can talk about your father, you can talk about the war. You can talk about a war. You could talk about, you know, uh, anything, capitalism, anything, like, anything else. It's not that hard to come Dave's, up with Dave's you know, some Roger Waters. Like, hey, you know, don't you have any lyrics for the last 20 years you've been saving for me? You know, Polly Sampson, yeah. where are you at here? Write something he, up. Even you know, if it, they were, like, they were on, I, I they could were on a break. It more <laughs> as an <as> <laughs> instrumental album if they did more than just Stephen Hawking and one track. Yes. Like, they, they, they could have thrown in six, seven, eight tracks with, with lyrics, and, and the others are instrumentals. Right, yeah. 
I hate to also, I hate to uh, burst Alex's bubble right here, uh, but uh, Rick Wright was not on this track. Uh, that was Dave on the piano, just so you know. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Why wow. did they got to do that to Rick? This album's for him. Nothing better than checking the Pink Floyd credits only to find out the people you called out in a track by track weren't the people who played. Yeah, you know, song. I'm getting tired of that. <laughs> I'm getting real tired of doing that. It's been happening since Keith Moon drums yeah. on Piper. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, yeah, and we don't have Dick Perry on this one. We don't have the freaking guy from Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street. We got Gilad Atzman <laughs> on the sex. He's a Holocaust denier, and he's an anti-Semitic, apparently. So, God. like, I don't... What else did this guy do? Uh, well, they found out I that after the fact. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know really that he, yeah. see what he did, really, but, uh... Somehow I ended up uh, here. And here I was thinking that Kenny G was in Studio B, and they just invited him over. <laughs> you should have said that. We would have another David Sanborn moment. Um, but I think <laughs> David Sanborn doesn't really wail on the soprano like that. No, I think it's probably time to move on again. Uh, the Lost Art of Conversation. <laughs> Uh, to say about this i mean all that i really i mean this feels like the first time where it feels like rick is really kind of at peace and kind of in his zone in his comfort zone there's no pressure and he's just kind of going with it you know you got it very ethereal very comfortable mm-hmm. and yeah like it's kind of like okay like nobody just don't bug me i'm i'm in my i'm in my protective bubble right now and i'm just gonna do what i do which is yeah which is play the keys and that's what he does here. And yeah, I don't know. I think he does. I think he succeeds, at least for himself personally. Maybe this was a personal kind of, uh, but it's the first time yeah, where it doesn't sound like he's just kind of going with the flow or kind of working on the orders of somebody else. And yeah, I, yeah, I kind of liked it about, uh, I like that. Yeah, that there is kind of a personal touch there. And I will say, I really like the song title. Yeah, the that's what it is. Yeah, conversation. conversation. Maybe that's what it is. Fits. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, he he was never much of a guy who got to, uh, a word in anyway in that band. So maybe yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some deeper meaning. Yeah, the lyric with the or a song with no lyrics, but there maybe there is a Alex, there is another. Got there, anything yeah. from Genius.com on this one? Uh, <laughs> let's take a look here. Uh, I I only have a one word review for this one, and it's eh. I actually have. Let's see what genius.com. Uh, probably the softest song and opening side. 
Uh, the loss is very much like a piano ballad than a rock song. The song samples the pitter-patter of rain on the road as it takes you on a trip of relaxation. You know what this sounds That's like to me? About Sad it. music. <laughs> where, where, is, where is that bit? Miami Vice music flashback from Miami Vice. It sounds yeah. like stuff Jan Hammer would kind of do. Yeah, which, I could agree. Is, I don't know. It's like, not like a I bad said. thing, I guess. You know. Yeah, but, more of that stuff in the world is a good thing. So yeah. So I, I just, it's, the impact yeah. that it makes coming out of a band of Pink Floyd's caliber is is debatable. Right. right. I mean, like I said, my my only point was that it just felt like yeah, Rick was kind of like comfortable here. Yeah, where he sure. didn't feel like where he was just kind of. Yeah, he was just... Okay, th- yeah. this one is by him. I just had to make sure that Dave just didn't decide to step in and take the piano over. <laughs> well, yeah. and speaking of titles coming up next, instead of On Mercy, Mercy Street will be On Noodles. <laughs> yes, I, I've been waiting to get On Noodles. I thought about buying this one just based on the title alone. I knew it was going to be a gem uh, before I even pressed the button yeah. on the play. So. Yeah, this this is... Uh, yeah, go ahead and play the... Uh, I will. I will admit I like that kind of funky blues solo. It's the first time, at least on the last however many records, where it doesn't sound like Dave's being Dave. Like he he doesn't bog down the uh, yeah his uh, guitar tone with like yeah just uh, everything, including the kitchen sink as as far as effects. It just sounds like a nice kind of mid seventies kind of clean, kind of very kind of warm tone, and I I did appreciate that. Uh, Funny enough, I. Yeah, it's where there's a lot of cheese on this song, even. Uh, but I don't know. It's 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 soothing. I, I said it's soothing, and the xylophone take it into like Nirvana level soothingness or whatever you want to call it. Um, I guess it, it segues pretty well from the last song too. I mean, you've got two kind of weirdly light tracks, and there again, this is again background music. Yeah, this is kind of maybe the most background music on here. Um, yeah, that kind that weird kind of. I will admit, yeah, that I think it was the first part of that. Uh, the first part that you played where it's like doom, 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 or what, yeah. that was a little kind of movie-esque like kind of like cheesy spy or whatever you want to call it or yeah I, yeah I, I don't know yeah this yeah this whole, we're getting into the part of the album where it's like like very minute pieces yeah that work and a lot of minute pieces that don't work minute 42 minute 42 minute exactly 42, minute 57 <laughs> guys yeah. flesh out your ideas and cut some tracks <laughs> yeah so that's it. Yeah, like I said, okay, it's nice. It makes me. It's not like I like driving home to it at night. Yeah, with my uh, you know, with the, with the diodes on my dashboard, letting out or kind of reflecting back. I mean, it's that and nothing more. I mean, yeah. What else can I say? All right. Yeah, it's 
It, it does. It, it does what it, it does. What it does. I still very, think it's yeah. good music to stand on the top of your driveway and mysteriously eye your neighbors at. I still think it's got that on to, on Noodle Street. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, yeah. dumb. But, um, but, um, but, yes. but. What the hell is that guy doing? <laughs> I think just get get a uh, get a yeah. big old. Uh, Boom I box. suspect Boom. corruption and graft <laughs> in the HOA. <laughs> okay, uh, it's time uh, to move on to Nightlight. Somebody needs to pull the Ebo away from Dave the way they pulled the mic away from Portnoy in the Dream Theater album. I I actually like this a lot. I I, I don't like the shrillness of the Ebo. I I feel like they could have pulled down the EQ and rolled off the highs a bit. Um, but it's it's again it's got that strong Cliff Martinez feel to it that I'm I'm so partial to in my film scores, uh, maybe even a bit of like disaster piece, um, you know, and and their uh, score for um, it follows one of my favorite uh, horror films of the 2010s. Um, you know, I know the guitar pattern panning is too much, but like there's there's a little bit of beauty in that chord progression that they that they use. It's not, it's not super like it is, it is kind of just, you know, it's not too avant-garde, but it has, it throws a, you know, a, a, a little, uh, you know, m- minor dissonance to, uh, you know, that resolves there. So I, I like it. Um, again, music to, uh, to, to side eye your neighbors to, I think, I think it fits well. Are I don't you, know if you, they were going for that, but uh, it works for me. Are you ever going to listen to this again though? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> yes, you're, you're, I will. I will. Th- are, I, I will. Okay. I will. I will throw I'm just, I'm, it on I'm Background. Okay. I will be, I will be, you know, workshopping some ideas for a client, and I will throw this on in the background. I'm not going to throw on Final Cut and do that, so it's got that going for it. Yeah, I guess that okay, is true. Right. I guess that is true. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, apparently, uh, I'm reading, thanks to Genius.com, that uh, this one, I guess, sounds slightly sim- similar to Marooned. Uh, the only Grammy Award nominee for Pink Floyd, and well, we all we know are, what my we, thoughts were on that one. Yeah, <laughs> people are gonna think that we're paid sponsors by Genius.com or something. We got nothing to say. Genius.com. <laughs> Sometimes we don't. That's what we need to dig Doing, up for some comments. <laughs> yeah. Genius.com. If you want to throw any money our way, uh, just let us know. And, but it just you could cut out some of the. I don't know. Like that soprano sax song what was that side two part four is all I have notated. I don't even know what part is what was it was it uh, Anicia? I mean that that song is just is crap. Like, you could just throw that out to me. Like it's just like such stupid. Are you giving like, it? You're giving it away. Are you? Uh, <laughs> I no, guess no, I am. But, but if you had just if you had a Pink Floyd album that was just spacey synths, no, like they 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 found this stupid middle ground where they were either unwanting or unwilling or too lazy to write lyrics and sing melodies and 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 do all that stuff. And then they're just like, well, we need to throw in some things from our past. Like if they had just like done super spacey, just heavy synths like Nightlight, like 
uh, unsung, and then you know, bring the energy up with some and skins and, and just call it a day, call it a nine-track album. That would be more of a respectable, we don't care what the fan thinks, this is where we are in our career. Like it's it's a respectable statement more so than the you know we're gonna throw back in the female you know soul vocals and and kind of do everything so derivatively reminiscent of uh, marooned and whatnot like it just kind of feels like this 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 weird effort that could have been you know reduced and been much more for that. See, I actually have to agree with you because you know I I'm buying your argument about the Cliff Martinez soundtrack to a point. And the point at which I'm not buying it is that it didn't have enough balls to pull it off all the way. It's like they're scared of it. It's like, oh, we got this idea, but, you know, we're only going to give you a minute 42. We're not going to give you a nice three to four minutes of unsung. We're going to just give you Mm -hmm. a little bit. And and then so we don't know. So we're just going to give you 18 tracks. You know, if this had been 10, 10 songs, you know, three to Not, four minutes yeah. each and, and you, you yeah. go all in on the ambient stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then, OK, fine. I'm buying yeah. into it as a ambient kind of back. Not I, I wouldn't say background music, but ambient soundtrack as opposed to like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Let's just end and go to another minute 42 because I, I don't have any ideas anymore. It's just kind of it's like, yeah. Uh, that's all yeah, the, we've yeah. got eight, that's yeah, that's we have 18 ideas here instead of 10 songs. That's what it is. This was stuff that was left on the cutting room floor and either should have been thrown out or actually assembled into full four to five minute pieces of music and not this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, paying homage to a guy who and what you're doing, you're just throwing. Yeah, it's 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 like the it's like when I clean up after my nieces have made like a mess. Yeah, like doing like arts and crafts and they're like okay what, what's what's in the garbage okay okay there's some cool stuff here okay what are we gonna do with it yeah okay okay i mean we'll just take I it out of I, the garbage that's all we'll do and we'll just leave yeah. it there and that's it yeah it's okay it's like oh, this you can turn this into something really cool this is the way you cut it or whatever but it's like and that, but they didn't they just like okay here this is because we're is. pink floyd we can yeah. we, we can we can do it and people eat yeah. it up i mean I, th- yeah. I think we've we've hit the albums you know uh it's not even a raison d'etre because they didn't hit it. Like they, they, it doesn't have a reason for existing. It just says like, we just pulled the garbage out and left it on the floor and you can sift through it. But like it, it could have had one. Like they, they could have yes. made such no, a I statement. Yes. Like they exactly. could have had, they had I, the, I, I, the, some of the ideas are strong here. Yeah. I, I wanted to stress one point. Um, it's, it's something that I read about uh, a review on the, uh, the previous record where, uh, as far as the division bell, and I think even more here. So, uh, yeah, where they considered, that album, the point where Pink Floyd really became the brand, Pink Floyd and not like the, where it doesn't matter what the quality of the material that you put out, yeah, the yeah how long it is how, or whatever, yeah, it's like people will eat it up regardless because of its legacy, and I think mm-hmm. that's, I know a lot of bands do it, I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of our favorite bands have done it, whether it's Metallica or whatever, they put out just because they know it's going to, yeah, because they have this foundation that they've built, but yeah, this, I think, unfortunately, kind of, not only does it hurt the guy that they were trying to pay homage to, it also kind of just, yeah, kind of just, again, it's, yeah, it's just like, okay, well, we can put, yeah, we're Pink Floyd, and we have, yeah, we're like, almost like, they're not Pink Floyd anymore, they're Nike. Yeah, yeah like, okay, we're gonna, we can mm-hmm. put out anything in any form, regardless if it's a complete idea or not, uh, but we know, yeah, and it's like, that's, that's not what I want from Pink Floyd. I mean, I expect that from Kiss or bands like that who have built, I know I said the dreaded word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but you know, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, where it's sure. not. Yeah, they're, they're just resting on. Yeah, on their history and their and the 250 million records they've sold. Um, you know, it's the yeah, worst part. It's, it's, the worst part yeah. is that I feel like we've come to a conclusion on this album, but we have eight songs to get through. Still. Yeah, let's get moving. Let's just buzz through this. Yeah, and, uh, this is highlight what we need to and move on. Yeah, this is a Alonzi uh, a one, I think. like hell part two right yeah who does anybody have this one that was, that, was, that, that was, was mine that, that's pretty much all it was i i said it picked up the pace but it was like run like hell so you know you know what else it sounds like that, that cordy uses you know that screams i mean it sounds like a genesis song like an early genesis like they just the way that yeah those keys and guitars come together oh actually i can i mean i was the keys especially yeah dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah that's yeah, like that's not pink floyd yeah that's yeah Sounds like uh, yeah, later Genesis to me, but yeah, yeah I hear it. No. Yeah, well, I'm talking about like 80, yeah, like early 80, yeah, not not cl- not like 70s era, but uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> Chris, like that's, that's very late Genesis. <laughs> yeah, is it what, early 80s Genesis? Is kind of like the end of Genesis. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love Genesis, but I'm not. Someday a, I'm we not, will do that discography. I'm not a believer, though. Yeah, <laughs> the, but. Uh, well, these run like hell uh, comparisons helped me with this song because uh, I just had a one word sentence for this, and it was uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I actually appreciated this I'd, one uh, I'd love quite to dis- a bit. That. Uh, yeah. You know, as as "Run Like Hell" being one of my favorite songs, and that typical delayed guitar that I love so much, it worked for me. So uh, I'm a fan All of right. this one, Alex. This next yeah. coming upcoming one is yours, right? Autumn '68. I, I, I expect sure a thesis on how this follows up to "Summer of '68" <laughs> and uh, all the direct yeah. comparisons. I, I, I actually have a point okay. on that. A universal buy, may I remind everybody. Everyone loves okay. that one. Okay, here's Autumn 68. As I said, for this one, uh, not quite sure I hear the Summer 68 relation if there was supposed to be one, but uh, it's decent. Uh, That's pretty much all I had (laughs) for it. Uh, I guess what I read on this one is that... uh, uh, Yeah, no, it's it's a... uh, The track is based on a recording of Richard Wright improvising on the Royal Albert Hall Grand Organ. It's an enhancement of the recording with additional instrumental parts. And it's also a reference to, yeah, Summer 68, which appeared on Adam Hartmother, which I remember loving that one. Or was it a buy, even? 
Uh, but Everyone I don't rem- Yeah, I don't remember that one sounding anything quite <laughs> like this. So yeah, I don't know if there was the tie-in. Uh, I guess maybe because that was a Richard Wright song there, and then this one's his song. <laughs> it's it's another this one. Richard Wright song, so eh, it ties in. Yeah, I, I get. I, I guess. I mean, it's it's cool. It's it's moody. I, I guess I like the organ, but I didn't have a whole whole lot more to say. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, it's interesting. I like the. I wish they would have done more with the. Uh, uh, with those, um, the keyboard, not the not the organ, because I, I love that kind of nineteen eighty three eighty four keyboard it sounds sounds. totally Terminator. It does, and I'm like, it? man, I come on, like expand on it, please expand on it, and they're like, no, okay, minute, we're just gonna, we're gonna go. It's definitely it falls into that category of I could listen to it all day, Mike. <laughs> for me, like, there's more right. of that stuff, please. Yeah, but it's like, nope, no, we're not going, yeah, we're not gonna, uh, yeah, we're not gonna go the uh, the T one route. We're just gonna. Yeah, again, this is very much, I know uh, Alex, I think, said as far as kind of giving, like, Adam Hart mother, like, vibes, like, from that era, yeah, where it just kind of goes on. It's, like, yeah, one of those trademark Rick Wright kind of experimental era uh, pieces. Uh, and I thought, yeah, I thought that was, inter- that was actually one of the questions I had, but uh, I, and I knew that was going to be difficult not to touch on it, because that is an important part of that yeah. song, that it was actually, I mean, the organ sound is actually from a recording that came out 35 years earlier. Uh, and they decided to, yeah, this is weird. I mean, this, I, I would have liked to have just been a fly in the wall just on why them picking these specific ideas. It's like, where did this one come? It's like, like, why didn't you just stick with the division bowl? Where was this one just accidentally like, oh yeah, this was mixed in the natural. I wonder why this one's in there. I guess we can use it. Chris, I don't yeah, feel right, like I'm, they gave it that much thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they just threw whatever. <laughs> Well, it's again, no, but it's hard not to because it's just it's so all over the place. I mean, it's yeah, but I mean, I I don't necessarily hate what they how they put it. But again, I wish why where are the songs? Where are this, the songs? This is the, this is the <laughs> idea. hard to write songs without yeah, lyrics. True. Yeah, true. yeah, where that's that's I could say that for the rest of this album. I mean, there's my two say. Yeah, where are the where are the songs? <laughs> all right, Mark Alonzi two. I feel like uh, out of my selections, which were randomly generated for me to listen and take the lead on, I got a lot of the good ones. Uh, I like this one a lot. Uh, I am not a huge fan of Run Like Hell, but I appreciate the subtle nod in its direction. Uh, the opening synth line, just 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 kind of just that vamping over the uh, you know the, the the four to the five chords. I mean that that's that's. I love how it just the orchestration of it as it keeps rising. Um, it reminds me vaguely of some kind of Anderson Buford Waking yes, Howie does. era. Yes, Boy, I, does I, it I, don't, I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why or what, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's a song that, um, you know, I, I keep saying this with Pink Floyd. It seems to be a reoccurring theme, and I think this will be my takeaway thought from the album. But um, know when to end your albums. I feel like this is a great closing song, isn't yeah. it? Like, the credits are starting to roll. Mm-hmm. It's time to stop. Like it's yeah, just, that's what you said on Run Like Hell too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't I? Yeah, it yes, wasn't that, that was the one. Yeah, I, mean, I think I and said then we that on. Flush the rest of the was... album. <laughs> yeah, and and I maybe that's where I'm going here. I don't know. Uh, I'll save my opinions on the next song for the track by track. But uh, yeah, I can tell you by the song title already. Uh, it's probably <laughs> one of the very worst I've ever seen on this show. I don't know. Even early Van Halen did not annoy me as much as talking. Yes, talking. <laughs> I yeah that who's got I that do. one? Got I gotta deal you. with talking, talking. This is talking, talking. from the group here are priceless um this is one of those songs like i was kind of digging it a little bit and then it went down Mm -hmm. the tubes and then i (laughs) 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 why is he on multiple pink floyd tracks i mean i know i don't know and this is it's fine but for one this this is this is the thing too it's like this this is another song. Man, does this screaming out for vocals. Like, I can hear melodies. Like, just now. Just listening to it oh, over that yeah. chorus part. I'm like, I can hear it's Dave got, singing. Yeah. It's like, can they not think of a single melody, a single word? But no. We need to throw the same Stephen Hawking words that we... It's not even different phrases. It's the same words as what she used in love. You know what they should have done? In 2015, they should have auto-tuned him. <laughs> He should have totally auto tune Stephen Hawking. Just just blot the speakers, I, I yeah, with I, yeah, dis, dis, uh, distortion. It's just yeah. one of those uh, like, oh yeah, we we haven't heard this before. Okay, I I, I don't know. It's I didn't I didn't I didn't I, need I it a second I've, time. Yeah, it worked on the division bell, you know, it, it, with keep talking. You know, I didn't mind it there. You know, is yeah, that's. That sounds like a title, though. Keep talking. Like, okay, yeah, talking Hawking just sounds like a working title. It's like a note, like when you're going back to look over your material so you know what you're it looking at. It sounds like you're making fun of him. I don't know. It's just. It's just... <laughs> yeah, I guess when you sold a quarter of a billion records, you know, I guess you get a little bit of a big head. I don't know where you think you can just, yeah. I think we got a little bit, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Dave's, yeah, got a. Yeah. Hopefully he's not that much of a jerk in real life. Yeah, I got a, got a tease, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, a brilliant man like uh, or Mr. Hawking's over there, but any, uh, uh, yeah, it's funny. You, yeah, you said that there's a lot of great musical foundation here, and you're just screaming for like just some more weight to it. Um, it actually, there was one part that actually kind of remind reminded me of Marooned a little bit at 229. Can you play that, Kevin? 
that's that's a, that's enough of that. Yeah, that was kind of br- distorting my headphones. Yeah. Sounded like uh, Nick knocked over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he just like just kicked over the snare. Yeah. Oops, and sorry, there, guys. And there's and there's another uh, one one more part that uh, I, I think this was one that I uh, was a little critical of on the, uh, on Dark Side uh, at two ten, where it kind of reminded me a little bit of a big uh, what was that big great gig in the sky. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah, sorry, not music. The screech. Did did they bring her back? Yeah, okay, we need you to scream for another, and it's been 30 years (laughs) since we last, uh, or 40 years since we last spoke. (laughs) But we need you to, uh... But yeah, that's that's it, yeah, so again, there's a lot lot to love and a lot to, uh... Boy, a lot sure, to hate. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex, it's time to stop browsing the Seymour Duncan website and start talking about calling. Uh, let's select a random clip and press the play button. Wait, so this is mysterious package music? Is that what you said? (laughs) His car was blue yesterday, and now it's black. I swear. Oh, the the soundtrack to a suburban spy. Yeah, I will say I like this more than... You you do sell me on this one a little bit when you say this, because all I wrote down again was (laughs) the old famous, eh, but uh, all I was going to say Dude, you are a music journalist in the works. <laughs> you are ready. Just like pitchfork, here you come. I can't wait for Alex to submit his uh, stories to the editor. Editor is sitting there, 12 uh, o'clock deadline. Uh, but Ale- when's Alex going to get his story in? Oh, here's the email. It's coming through. Open up the Word doc. Ah, thanks, Alex. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to steal. I'm going to steal some notes here. I'm going to plagiarize. Uh, here it says with a more modern approach <laughs> starts as the fourth and final side of the LP. <laughs> with the... <laughs> reading the Wikipedia page for us. <laughs> Just something to read a press release from the band. <laughs> the more modern approach to the sentence. You know what? It's all garbage. It's all mailbox music. Uh, if, if you'd let me finish, if you'd let me finish. Uh, with searching platforms the grand synth and many more, this ultimately produces one of the most bizarre <laughs> creations of a song. The song provides, again, I don't know how this person knows this, but I'm not going to argue. The song provides, as it name defers, themes of exploration as well as a slight theme of loss and communication.
appreciation. Thank you. I just suspect that the mailman put a bomb in my mailbox. That's all I'm thinking. That's what I get out of this song. It's been a little too long at the old mailbox. I'm kind of wondering if he's planning drugs on uh, me. Yeah, I will. I will say at least it's a little bit more well developed than uh, what was. Yeah, the other, uh, that other one you were drooling over, uh, unsung. Yeah, the, the dark. Hey, and, uh, I like, like give me a break. unsung. Unsung is good. I like yeah, both. This, yeah, at least here it's a little got a little bit more weight to it, but yeah, I don't know what what the hell did I have written for here? Oh yeah, um, it's, uh, it's to, another ad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. Alex needs to start a new like genre of of uh, music uh, critiquing. Uh, just like one word journalism. We, 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 we got nah. Coach Bill yeah. Belichick over there with the uh, <laughs> with his <laughs> responses on the, on the songs. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, Kev, if you could play. Um, at 2.25. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The Crow uh, yeah. with Brendan yeah. Lee. I remember the rooftop guitar scene. Yeah. It's actually been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah, that reminds me... I, yeah. it, yeah, where you've got yeah, where you've got Brendan Lee on the roof with a silhouette mm-hmm. of him like up against that, and he's just like yeah, just like yeah, kind of yeah. Talk just playing about a that. movie that for every reason it should not work, but yet it does. That's great. I love that movie. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Alex, yeah, I was referencing yeah that part uh, yeah from The Crow. Have you seen that? Um, most of it. I haven't seen all of it, but okay. I know. Did, I know. Yeah, it, that, yeah, I didn't know if you yeah if you remember that scene. You have him on the roof uh, like uh, playing a lead guitar part. Yeah. Yeah, when he's kind of like in this emotional like funk, yeah, and it's it sounded like that, just this very thick kind of almost Gilmore esque uh, soloing, and then he mm. then he busts the guitar and throws it off the roof. Yeah, pretty powerful scene. All <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Yes. Anyway, we're, we're, almost, we're there. almost there. I can three, see three. three more tracks. Eyes to pearls. Don't know who has this, but let's take it away. It's funny. This is another pulling from their past. Um, I don't know what it is, but that that acoustic guitar part reminds me of like a new album, like like acoustic guitar intro, like something you'd hear from Judas Priest, like Beyond the Realms of Death or something like that. And it really kind of bugged me, yeah, because it's like it's like you're pulling from like classic metal. Yeah, unless I don't know. If, I don't know if it was. I don't Chris, know. If it, Chris hates the tie-ins, the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, well, but it's just, just a very here. dry kind of acoustic guitar. There's not a lot of like weight to it, but I don't know. If, I don't know if it works here or not. I guess it all is a matter of opinion. 
Um, what else did I want to point out about this? Uh, oh yeah, you've got the uh, the lumbering uh, uh, drums by Mr. Nick Mason there. Uh, that kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, like set the controls for the Heart of the Sun a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, but without the maybe a little bit more muscular. But I think uh, set the controls I think is more enduring because again it was them during that mo their most experimental phase um, and the first kind of step out uh, after Sid uh, was pushed out. Uh, so kind of a unique. Yeah, I mean, it, on here, on here, it's a little bit, on here, it's a little bit more subtle, but it kind of has that where it's just kind of lumbering, kind of like you're in a. I'm starting to yeah. miss the '60s pink. Yeah. Yeah. I actually wrote like where some of those like kind of swells were coming in, where it sounded like it was that lap steel that almost had some distortion mm -hmm. on it. Uh, to me, it kind of sounded like one of these days a little bit, and I, I kind of like the guitar tone at the beginning. Uh, that's why I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning of my uh, how it kind of reminded me of metal a little bit. If anything, it kind of this was that one, but you know, I had Adam Hart Mother with that space western theme, kind of that. Uh, okay. Um, Not sure that he would ever pull from that considering how much he's known to hate this but uh i don't know i kind of had that uh theme from a space western never written feel yeah. to me all right second second the next to one. last track surfacing That, that was like I, it was funny and i actually in my notes i wrote like the whole like ooing with all the o's <laughs> and the h's i i, I didn't just put o h yeah like no you gotta i had to make sure all i emphasize the the, uh, the inflection yeah, yeah. but uh, you know what this sounds like a like a minor key version of pulls apart from the division bell doesn't yeah. it yeah like they used minor keys in the end instead of a major yeah well, you got that like you got that you got that like finger yeah. finger yeah that picking exercise Did in the beginning is like a minor know? version of it <laughs> no yeah but again, in a minor, did you oh, know? I don't I know. Okay, yeah. Singing. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Boy, that um, brings back memories from last week. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you can yeah, just I, wait till the next song. That's pretty much all I had to say about that. And I had, I don't know oh, what let, else to say. Let, yeah, that was kind of let, my let own. Yeah. There we go. Giving us what we'd all been waiting for. Do we even <laughs> care I anymore? I haven't been able to bring it up. We <laughs> went through that song so quickly. Yes, everybody. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen of the world, um, the audience, it is time to close out the Pink Floyd discography discussion as it is here, louder, 
than words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's stuff here. I, I don't know if it really is a fitting closer to an, a career that is, you know, beyond iconic. Um, I, I do appreciate that the end of this song uh, basically ends how the album began. Began, you know, like oh wow, Pink Floyd hasn't done that before, right? But you know, it's kind of cool to have that if you have this this uh, album on repeat that it's seamless and where as louder than words ends things left unsaid begins it's it's kind of a cool like usually you don't think of um gapless playback in terms of beginning of the album and end of the album but they did that here and i think that was a really cool touch uh specifically for an album called the endless river um and in some ways i thought like you know maybe this would have been better as the opener and then each song could have been more and more reductive to the point where they just fade out to you know um just trailing synth notes at, at the end where it just uh kind of just, you know, goes further and further in the distance. That might have been an interesting touch as opposed to just repeating the end and then having it just loop back to the beginning. I'm not sure Endless River to me means just an endless loop. It means something just continuing on to the event horizon where you can no longer make out what is man, what is boat, and what is horizon, at least in terms of the album cover. Anybody else say, got anything to say? Yeah, I <laughs> no, but I like I, I, I like I like that there's vo- I like that there's vocals on it. <laughs> hey Kevin, can you queue up 305? I think there's a cool touch where he uh, lyrically goes over um, tap out the rhythm. I think, and then there's uh, a nice little touch on guitar to echo. I that. believe I know where you're talking about. Yeah, that's the best cool alliteration there. That's that comes with it. Yeah, I I don't mind this song. I it's good. You know, if if there were more of them, if there are more vocal songs, it's not better than High Hopes. It doesn't it doesn't make me yeah, nostalgic in any way. 
You know, yeah. it, it's one of those things. I do remember hearing this song when it came out. And I remember being like, oh, wow, you know, it's so weird to hear Pink Floyd, a new Pink Floyd song that, you know, in this day and age. But, you know, years, what is that, six, seven years after it came out, now I'm like, eh. You know, the, the, the shine has, yeah, the shine has worn off. It's not the excitement isn't isn't really there. And it, it's oh, just yeah. kind of... You know, a Pink Floyd song, and it's got a Dave solo at yeah, the end, and <laughs> right, it's that yeah, outro it's, solo. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got some of the Dave like uh, as far as how he's saying in the seventies, uh, especially in the uh, uh, in the chorus. Yeah, just the way he, it, it sounds like a younger Dave, I guess. Uh, yeah, that kind of that seventies rock Gilmore. But uh, it's funny because I thought his voice sounded pretty tired. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, maybe that's just my take on it. But again. Opinions, opinions, opinions. Yeah. yeah, it's a show of opinions, and it's a show that is closing our Pink Floyd opinions on the track by track for uh, for these guys. And moving on to seven for the buy, who will get the final buy of the final Pink Floyd record? Oh, God, there's just uh, so much to terminate. buy here. We'll see. Oh yes, eighteen <laughs> tracks. I don't think my wallet can open fast enough. Chris, <laughs> take it away. All right. Okay. All right, question one, uh, true or false? Uh, the 20-year gap between the Division Bell and the Endless River uh, was the longest for any band up to that point. True or false? Come on. Yeah, that was Mark. Yeah, um, I am going to say true. It was 95. Wasn't Division Bell 95? It's 20 years. Not, not 94, yeah. So, so, yeah, the, the, so you're... Okay, so you're you're saying true, yeah? That uh, uh, well, I mean, that this was, was the longest, twenty one yeah. years, but yeah, it's longer than any other. Like twenty years, twenty. It would depend on when like the singles yeah. were released. Because I know this single was released in uh, twenty fourteen. Okay, uh, I, I feel like if it's Chris a trick question, whether or not it's twenty one or twenty two years. Anyway. <laughs> no, I I I think I think he's asking in ge- in, yeah, ha- in, had had in, any in, other band in, had this in general, long so of a think gap about, yeah, think in about between it. albums. Yeah, I'm not talking oh. about Pink Floyd. No, I'm talking about in general. Yeah. There's no way. There's, 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 I mean, I can't think of anybody, but there's got to be like, like Jeff Beck or somebody. That's an interesting question, to be Would honest. Would you like to revise your answer? <laughs> uh, it's up to him. Like, I'm not going to, yeah, and I'm not going to go either. Do, uh, do you want yeah, me to, re- I, do you want me to, re- I'll repeat the question. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, the 20-year gap between the Division Bell and the Endless River was the longest for any band up to that point. I'm going to go with false, just because I want to hear it be false and hear you tell me who actually has a bigger gap. Okay. All right, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, it was The Who uh, between uh, It's oh, Hard yeah. and, uh, and the Endless Wire was 24 years. Okay. Yeah. Is that, is that huh. the longest, or is that just a longer one? Uh, I think it. I think that might be the longest. Yeah, because uh, it, it was a bullet point that I found that they said that yeah, the, the the Pink Floyd was just behind the Who for having the longest gap between records. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I, 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 it's funny that between '94 and 2015, I don't really feel like that much changed musically. Like rock was kind of just where it was. <laughs> like you know, grunge kind of died out, and you had a brief, you know, just flit with new metal, but. I don't know. Rock really didn't evolve much between 2000 and 2015. I mean, certainly it metal started in, looking like, backwards at itself. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't really think they, yeah, they could have released this album in 2002 and it would have been, 
it would have been the same. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I know. So it doesn't really feel like a 21 year gap. Right. Well, because I mean, they, I mean, it's, it's kind of unused material from one specific album. So yeah, there's yeah. not like a giant, it's not like they're taking a quantum leap. It's like, no, it's like here, here's just, yeah, more material from there. From, yeah, or from the early 90s. But give us money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because of who we are. Um, anyway. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, true or false? Uh, according to Polly Sampson, uh, the lyrics from Louder Than Words had to do with the turbulent period of Roger and Dave's relationship between the final cut and momentary. Whoa, geez. Yes, Mark. No, that was uh, about Rick and not Roger. That was uh, you know, a tribute to Roger and, you know, like working things out together. Oh, yeah. So you're saying false, correct? Yeah. False. Yeah, it was not. It yeah, was you're, about, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right on the false as far as right what. right on uh, the, the what. <laughs> Yeah, no, he got the main. Yes. He got the main words. It's, it's true or false. He just has to yes. get the. I guess, true. yeah. Uh, but no, it had to do with uh, her observations of watching the four members working together during the Live Aid show in 2005, and watching them kind of where there was even backstage there was still that kind of distance. But when they got on stage, yeah, the material that they made or in the words, I think that's why when you read the lyrics, uh, that's why I was actually holding out and saying anything about that song because it kind of. Uh, I actually thought it was a fitting end to the, because uh, it kind of sums up their career. Yeah, it's louder, uh, it's louder than words, the things we do. Louder than words, the way it unfurls. Uh, the louder than words, the sum of our parts. Yeah, kind of that we were, I know sadly mm-hmm. that's not really how it hit, but it was kind of like, a, I guess you could say it was kind of like putting a, like a little like period on their career. Yeah, because it's okay. Why well, should I just shut my mouth and just said false? And <laughs> yeah, no, I want, yeah, well, I kind of got the yes, gist yeah, of that. I, I just, true. yeah, right. yeah. So, Mark, okay, he's one away from uh, yeah, all right, let's see if he can keep this going. All right, um, okay, true or false? Um, an unknown teen artist, uh, that was behind the art for the cover, an unknown what teen teen, teen artist, yeah, was behind the artwork for the cover of the album. Um, I was reading about this. I didn't know if it was a teen artist. I'm going to say true, but I'm going to what I read is that like the person uploaded it to like a website and that they all picked it is like that was like the best one. Right. But yeah, you're you're, so yeah, you're correct. Uh, But yeah, the, the, the yeah, the artist. Uh, he was from Saudi Arabia. I think he was like a 17 or 18 year old kid whose art was, and I think yeah. he got credit for it. I think he ultimately became uh, yeah, not involved, but yeah, that he was acknowledged. Uh, hey, good for, for him. Yeah, good for the so. band for crediting him too. Right. I believe so. You can uh, fact check me on that, but I believe, yeah, there, uh, that it wasn't just like, okay, we're stealing your art. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, we got a uh, multiple choice question here. All right, um, which one of these songs did Nick Mason not receive a writing credit on? Uh, was it A, Nightlight, B, Some, uh, or C, Skins? What was the second one? Some. Uh, some. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on! I'm on my alert. I know this one. All right, it was whatever the first one was because I'm. I, I know he got one for Skins and Some. So, Nightlight, yeah, you are correct. And ding, right. ding, ding for Mark. A All right. unenthusiastic ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Uh, I get to buy two of these or terminate uh, a couple. We'll see. All right. You know what time it is. And now, love Alex. it or flush it. 
Take it away. Alrighty, tonight's order is going to be Chris, Mark, myself, and Kevin. Let's start it off with things left unsaid. Chris, what do you think? Uh, we can flush this one. Yeah, I've heard better ambient music. Yeah. And Mark. Yeah, we're going to continue the tradition of teeing off the album with a T. <laughs> I am sick and tired of the Day of Era albums and their mostly useless intros. <laughs> and this is where I'm going to differ from you guys a little bit. I'm going to give this one the lightest of squeezes because of the Brian Eno Music for Airports vibes and... Uh, I don't know. I, I liked how it started off, so I'm going to give it the lightest of squeezes. Uh, I am not. I'm going to... F- Actually, no, wait, wait, wait. Wrong button. No refunds. No refunds. I scrambling <laughs> to get to my button. It's going to be a flop. I bought it so I could flush it. All right. (laughs) And let's move it on over to track two. It's what we do. Chris? Um, I will give this uh, a love just for kind of the early Floyd vibe, which we're all so uh, starving for now. (laughs) All right. And next would be Mark. I'm teetering on the edge. Uh, man, I'm gonna use Kevin's law of teetering. If you're teetering and just give it go the flush. It. Yep. <laughs> it's too on the nose. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I like some of it, and nah, I just flush it. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, there's a lot of struggle to remember, and that's going to lend itself to a lot of flashes. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't remember this song. I I, I don't remember what, what... Chris looks like you're I alone. Don't wanna, I don't remember what happened in 6 minutes and 17 seconds, so uh, it gets the flush. Y'all... Yeah, I'll I'll be honest with you guys here. I was just reading my notes, just if, looking for some positivity, and there was more positivity here. So <laughs> I, you're right. I can't. I can't. I, can't, I, I don't remember. Yeah. It's gonna be an inverse of your rubber glove. Oh, <laughs> you just right. throw it back in the toilet. I think it's good. Yeah, my it said. Yeah, from what I wrote y- yesterday, it said that I like <laughs> I guess, it. So okay. That's what I'll. Yeah, I, I need a road. Yeah, this is yeah one of. I need a road roadmap. Yeah, to make sure that I get to. Uh, yeah, did I get back home? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move it on over get to back track to the song. three, Ebb and Flow. Chris? Uh, I am going to flush this one again because of the notes. <laughs> it's that I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, I started my coming out. It makes me want to go to bed, which isn't necessarily a good thing all the time. Yeah, yeah at, this right. point, at this point, I don't feel like going to bed. Yeah. All right, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to go to bed, but if it weren't for the screeching Ebo, um, I might be able to get uh, some sleep. So give it the flush. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if that's what he what he meant for the typo Ebos and flows. I wonder if there was like a typo there. That's what he yeah, meant to say. You know what? It's, it's <laughs> doesn't impress I, me. 
I, I didn't comment on this when we were playing the clips, but honestly, yeah, that screeching Ebo like really got to me on this album and I didn't like it. So and also the fact that I thought Richard Wright played keys at the beginning and then I found out he didn't. It's getting the flush. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Six straight? <laughs> I think somebody needs to make a call to maintenance. It's early in the day. It's about eight thirty a.m. Maintenance is being called. <laughs> he wasn't expecting. <laughs> wasn't expecting an eight thirty clog. You <laughs> <laughs> usually gotta wait till four. <laughs> It's usually, it's usually the post-lunchtime clog. Uh. Somebody gets their morning coffee and they're hoping to get one in before they start the work day. Good luck, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> the bathroom is toast. Yeah. All right, let's oh, move on. That doesn't over. happen often with Floyd, but boy, they weren't he, ready for this. He has, he has his thermos. He's stuck in traffic. He's excited. He's like, I'm going to get to work and I'm going to take my morning shit before I take my first call. Ain't happening. All right, let's move <laughs> Let's move okay. it on over to track four, some Chris. <sighs> Uh, yeah, funny with how much crap we've given, uh, uh, yeah, Nick over the, uh, over the course of however, what, 15 albums? Yeah, he, he's kind of one of the few guiding lights on here. I, I like, I like this yeah, one. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give it the love. Uh, yeah, this one, um, is my first, so maybe I will have two, maybe I will not, we'll see, uh, but it'll be a buy. I'll buy this one because it finally gets the blood going and, uh, I don't know. Maybe the album should have started with louder than words and worked backward from there. But uh, this one definitely uh, is a more energetic opener after 12 minutes of music. Uh, why wasn't this? I don't know. Whatever. It wasn't, so it's not. And just <laughs> all I can do is buy it from my playlist. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna give this one a love as well. I actually happen to like this one. So you know yeah. what? Um. Yeah, I'm going to give this a love, too. Mark's got two buys, so he can afford to throw them around a little bit more. But yes, it does get the blood going, so give it a love. All right, moving it on over to Nick's time to shine on the album. Skins, Chris. Uh, I think this... <laughs> Do I want to buy this one or not? I know there's another Ooh. one that I... Yeah. Out of 18, this one will be the last... Well, this will close your playlist to Pink Floyd. That's a tough task. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna buy this one. Yeah, I, uh, there was another one I wanted to buy, but I liked how this one is fairly rooted in Pink Floyd and not uh, kind of grabbing from other influences. So yeah, I'm gonna give it uh, the big, uh, big buy. All right, and Mark. Yeah, Nick, uh, this is the part where I apologize to you for giving you 14 shows of crap. Um, I am going to finally <laughs> say that perhaps you did deserve uh, the 100 million you banked from Floyd or whatever it is. Uh, and I uh, appreciate your Ferrari collection and all that. And you know what? I will reward you with a, uh, a, a moderate love. Yeah. I'm going to do the same. I'll give this one a love. I actually happen to like it. Yeah, so, I, I'm going to follow it up with a light squeeze. It's not too bad, and it's nice to have, I don't know, it, it keeps the blood going after some, so what can you say? Guy, what, what does that say for the album when we're loving a Nick drum song here? That's the guiding light of the album. It's, yeah, it, it says more about Dave. It tells than you it's else. 8.45 and you're outside the bathroom, but you got to take that call and... uh you got to find some uh, positives right here. 
I suppose you did. All right, let's move it on over to track six, the top of the driveway side eye, unsung. Chris, what are you giving it? I'm flushing it. <laughs> you know what, Chris? Kevin slapped me over one of his rubber gloves because Chris's I rubber glove. Buying this song, I Yikes. love it. How, 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 how unoriginal. <laughs> oh, great. I mean, the, the, the idea that this could end your uh, uh, my playlist is so mysterious and kind of makes you question the direction in which they're going. It sounds uh, like before you loop back it. to the top of my playlist, which is, oh, I don't know. What did I buy off? I think it was Chapter 24 and Power Torch. So I got Power Torch. Power Torch. Man, I forgot about Chapter 24. I got to go back and listen to that one. That one was yeah. good from what I remember. All right. Well, I'm going to be joining Chris on this one, and this one's going down the tubes. So. <laughs> Sorry. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I just, it was an immediate ah for me. So, Kevin. Oh, you know what? I, I. Come on, give me I'm, something. I'm, I'm, He's tatering. He's tatering. I'm looking through the rest of the tracks, and I don't know what I'm going to do. So, Mark, this one gets a buy. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's the one you can... I mean, look, if you bought Chapter 24, which we all did, that's a fitting end to the this... playlist to close out. I, I don't know which else wants to buy on these. I mean, I see derivative tracks. I see tracks I don't care about. I see tracks I don't remember. And I see louder than words, which isn't <laughs> that great. So, uh, yeah, this one gets the buy. All right. And we'll move it on over to Anacena. I believe that's how you pronounce that. Track seven. Chris. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with my uh, nuclear option <laughs> and uh, wipe it from existence. Yeah, there's... There's too much, too much going on here, and just that damn whatever that uh, woodwind instrument or whatever. What, what is it? Is that a saxophone or what is that? It sounds like a soprano sax. Maybe it's a clarinet. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it sounds yeah like a like a third rate like Kenny G like Christmas influenced song. Yeah, I just yeah, and that's only how long, this song is. How long? What three four minutes long? Chris, yeah, Chris just upgraded us to yeah. Defcon four on this album. Yeah, forget it. <laughs> Mark, what does Mark think about this one? Um, uh, this is definitely the part where I'm diverging with Chris, although I agree completely with that terrible, awful soprano sax. I don't think that's an original opinion on this for sure. Uh, because, you know, I didn't read a whole lot yeah. about the sound, but I did read something about the, 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 the sax. So like whatever people have to say, <laughs> the consensus seems to be that it sucks <laughs> and it shouldn't be on there. Um, and I agree with that, but I do think it's at least like, this is the song. This is like the guilty pleasure song for me where I can accept mm -hmm. the derivative nature of it. So I will give it a, a solid love. You might know, have been a strong love had it not been for you know, Kenny G you know, it's funny when, in the studio. You know, it's you know it's funny when I keep looking at the title, my brain keeps rearranging it as asinine, <laughs> and I can't yeah. unsee that. <laughs> I'm trying not to look at the titles, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Outside of the lost art of conversation, it, yeah. they didn't put their best effort. No, not at all. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to give this one a love as well. I actually happen to like this one. So I'm going to give it a light squeeze. Yeah. No, not a I'm solid love. The discussion okay. definitely brought it down. Chris had some good points, so yeah. All right, well, let's move it on over to that track with the cool title, "The Lost Art of Conversation." Chris, 
yeah, gonna give it a very moderate love. Uh, again, I know it's kind of yeah. What did Mark say? Like kind of weird, generic, like Miami Vice kind of what at the during an emotional scene or whatever. But I felt like Rick was kind of putting his heart into this, whether or not it was unique or not is kind of not the point. It's just Rick being comfortable. Yeah, which has been a long time coming. <laughs> All right. Mark? Yeah, I got to give that a love. I mean, it's kind of weird to love a song just for its merits rather than, or it's 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 um, intangible uh, merits rather than its actual merits as a musical song. Because this really isn't that impressive. Um, but, I mean, it, it probably is the last Rick true solo piece. And I was always discovered that I was a huge fan of Richard Wright, uh, not going into this really knowing much about him, this whole discussion. So how can I do anything but love this uh, lost art of conversation? Um, kind of reminds me a bit of a uh, kind of a grand tour thing, Conversation Street or something yeah. like that. It just seems like a, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. I like the title a lot. Yeah, I wish I could agree. I mean, I, I'll agree on the title being great, but I legitimately have no idea what this sounds like. So in that case, it gets the flush. Sorry, Rick. I'm sorry. His spirit is going to come and haunt you in your dreams. I, he he might. might be haunting me, too, because until uh, Chris described it again as that Miami Vice music type, I had no idea what it is, and I find it hard to give a love just for a title. Um, so I get in the flush. Halfway through the album at this point on Noodle Street. Chris? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a very light love again. Uh, I'd like, uh, I mean, again, as quirky as it is, I like how Dave finally does just does a normal guitar solo that sounds kind of like it has like weight just by itself instead of just pounding it with effects. Uh, and I don't know, I like the, the xylophone on there. I don't know why. It just, it, again, it's <clears> maybe it, it's the perfect, it's the perfect nighttime driving vibe song i know they've had a few over the last couple records but this is another one that you can add to that list yeah so okay. i'll give it a i'll give it a love mark pull the handle yeah. what can i say i took a bbw during this song so that should uh, tell you yeah this one to be fair all i wrote was cool groove and then point b was eh so that one's getting the flush too <laughs> yeah. i guess Uh, we're, we're, we're getting into St. Anger territory over here, guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, I said I couldn't love a song because of its title, but I feel like I can flush one. I, I wonder if Odd Noodle Street is like some weird, again, some weird British, like, inside joke or something, because I can't find any connection. What is genius.com say? What is genius.com? How, how is this related? Did you say, did you say it? Or do I, or? No, I just read it as, oh, I, before I even heard the song, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a song where David just noodles on. <laughs> <laughs> He's, that's exactly we, what I thought. But he, here, does, he does kind of. But here, but here, the, uh, the note is, uh, this is very much played like a detective song. The bass is very yeah. audible. 
Uh, the song reflects on the Snoopy side of things, as can be. So this is the side eye song on top of the driveway. I don't know about this that. Bass is audible as being a. It kind of reminds me of Boogie Nights and the TK four two one. Gotta feel that bass. Yeah. Yeah. This this is supposed to be like a detective bass, song. If, so, it, do, it, do, it does have in the beginning. It's got that. If boom, the bass being audible, the bass being audible should be the the, <laughs> the the low bar of your mix. It shouldn't be the high bar of a song. It's like that. That, that should be. I just feel like Mark Wahlberg in the studio. Guys can't hear the bass. Turn up the bass. Uh, <laughs> well, let's bring it on over to Nightlight, Chris. I don't remember it, so I'm gonna flesh it. All right. <laughs> Boy, Chris and I are are going to be meeting with baseball bats on the shores of the Fox River tonight because I like this song, Ebo notwithstanding. I know that's probably going to kill it for Alex because he probably doesn't remember this song. He's probably going to hear me say Ebo and just flush it. But this was one of my tracks, and I liked it. I liked the way the chord progression went. It's only a minute. four. How can it hurt you in a minute 42? How painful could it be? <laughs> Uh, well, I don't remember. I don't remember. So there it goes. See ya. Flush it. Oh, were Kev? the words Evo said? Ah. <laughs> All right, let's bring on over to part one of Alonzi. Chris. You know, it's funny. I think that's actually like, I don't know if it's a pretentious way of spelling aliens. That's how I looked at it. I don't know if it's just like kind of their pretension kind of breaking the bank at this point. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I am going to flush this uh, on the basis. I'd like it's it's funny. It sounds like a great like outro, uh, like a like a outro to a live show, but not for Pink Floyd. It sounds like a, 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 like the end. Uh, or yeah, the end part of like a Genesis show. I don't know why they had to push all that Genesis influence oh, here, in there. Here, since they, here it, we go. I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's the yeah. French verb for you know we're going, which I knew, but I didn't quite connect. And then e, you know. Okay, they, I, I should go. know that because okay. of what the yeah. I should know that because of the ten years of French I took that I don't <laughs> haven't retained at all. Yeah. How about yeah. how about how about Mark on this one? Uh, how about no? <laughs> Give it a flush. Yeah. <laughs> How about, how about I, Sonic? I, I know, how about no? Yeah. <laughs> it just, it, it, Chris nailed it perfectly. It feels like walking out music. Like, like yeah. just leaving the show to, to a to band. The wrong, that, to the like, wrong was, band. Yeah. Like, well. I, just, like, I just left like the Iron Maiden show and I'm just pumped up. And then this like as we're kind of fettering our way out the is, stadium. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, Alex, I know you differ. It is, this, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I, I'm really gonna. You just and your because... run like hell, part five. Yeah, so that's why it's getting the bye for bye. me. Bring it up. The bye. There is not a lot to buy on this album, and this one kind of got the biggest reaction out of me on normally a, a, a snoozer of an album. So. The bar is low, folks. Yeah. So I had to, I had to go for it. You're, you're going to buy part one and not part two. What? Wow. Okay. I actually liked part one more than part two. I actually even wrote that. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Okay. I don't know about that. That's that's where. Well, that that's kind of how some of you guys like Shine on You Crazy Diamond, the second part more than the first part, where I, I think I that's where I disagreed. So uh, who's Me, next? Alex, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to plunge your buy. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I I can't say I take any offense to this album whatsoever. He's so, uh, not going to white knight this one, that's for sure. No, let's bring it on over to Autumn 68, old Rick on the piano. Uh, Chris, <laughs> uh, in or Rhodes or whatever. I'm going to give us a light squeeze because I saw a lot of potential here. I would have liked to have seen this song kind of explored more into an actual song. but And, we're, and why not more of the 84 keyboards? Why did they have to... Just tease me with those, <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. yeah, come on, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I'll 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 keep it around. All right, Mark. Yeah, Chris and I maybe ha- are gonna start to put the bats down because I agree totally, and I love the deep, heavy organ vibe. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so, I just like thinking of it in a like think of being in like a British chapel in the fall. And just like this, you know, 450 year 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 old pipe organ just right. blasting. I mean, that's just so the ethos is strong for me there. I love that that image. Yeah, so. I, I wasn't gonna do this, but I gotta give one up to Rick as a tribute. And yeah, that ethos part did kind of sell me on it. So I'll give it the lightest of squeezes. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna follow suit with that. It's it, it it also does bring something different to the album. It's not a sound that we've heard a million times actually in Pink Floyd at all. True. So, you know, that's uh true. I'll keep it around. All right, and we'll bookend it with part two of Alan's E. Pardon me if I'm saying that wrong, pronouncing that wrong, but Chris, part two. Yeah, if I would have had a second by this would have been it, so I'm gonna give it a very strong love. Uh, it's just very a lot more muscular, kind of makes me forget about the Genesis influences. Hmm. All right, Mark. Big love, agreed with Chris as well, and I think that if I had a third buy, this would be the one because it's just a great closing uh, to their career in my playlist, and it should have been the closing to the album, uh, but uh, this is yep. Pink Floyd we're talking about. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to give it a strong love as well. I can't buy part one and not like part two, so... Yeah. I'm going to throw Alex a bone, you know? I feel bad about plunging part one, so I'm going to give this a strong <laughs> love, you know? It's... It, it, it's short... It, it's got some nice parts going on, and uh, I just don't think we needed both parts of these. So. Move it along. All right, and here we here we go, folks. The one, the only. I kept reading this as Taylor Hawkins. <laughs> I'm a big Foo Fighters fan, and they've been they they put out a new album, so they've been in my mind lately. So, uh, talking Hawkins, Chris, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna flush this because the uh, there are things. And there we go, gets down there. There are th- <laughs> make sure make sure it's all the way down there. Um, yeah, there are things I like about it, but again, the the bad outweighs the good. So yeah, Mark. Yeah, I I, I wish I could scrape together enough uranium uh, to. Uh, uh, put together another T, but uh, they could send Doc Brown out for a little bit more uh, uranium. And uh, in the meantime, I'll just give it a very, very strong, enthusiastic flush. It's the Libyans! <laughs> Get Doc Brown to see some, fight some Libyans for me. Give me some more <laughs> weapons grade uranium. Yeah. Yeah, this is the song where John McClane finds the C4s, wraps a PC around a chair, and sends it down the elevator shaft. See ya. Sorry, Steve. And Kev. Oh, boy, the image of Stephen Hawking. 
laying down the elevator strap. Don't you dare put that image in my mind. Holy Look what shit. you just did, Alex. I just pictured him tumbling in the shaft. Yeah, sorry, Holy folks. Shit. We've taken quite the dark turn here. Oh, no. No. <laughs> you can talk and talk in the whole round floor. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. No. Hey. I didn't start that. That wasn't me. Oh my god! I just see him tumbling down. No! God, no! Oh god! No! Stop it! This is gonna get posted on. We're gonna get banned. That's we're not just gonna get hate mail. We're gonna get reported. This far, you know what? You're guilty too. You should have known that. Can't wait for the Reddit comments. Are gonna be. If you made it two hours deep into the endless river, you're a spaz. This is the part of the show where we start insulting our audience. Holy shit! Oh my god! I'm just tumbling down. No. <laughs> All right. Well, Kev, what do you think? <laughs> she hit the ground floor. He drops another new down there. <laughs> Holy shit! Holy make, shit. make sure it's dead. All right, we're gonna oh it. god! Yeah, make, make sure it got through. It got through to the, uh, god, to the bunker. Yeah. That. Oh, that woke me up. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, track fifteen. We're almost there, guys. Uh, Chris calling. Yeah, I think it's good that we're going to be uh, taking a week <laughs> off because I think we need to uh, kind of re uh, take stock. Reorient. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I'm going to give this one a uh, love. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on here, um, especially that kind of guitar part. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give All it right. a, yeah. All right, Mark. Period. I don't remember oh, what God. guitar part you're talking about. So he gets the flush. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I believe that maybe it's good, but I don't know. Yeah, that, that, I that trust was, you, but I'm not giving it all up. Yeah, that 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 was that was the hook for me. Yeah, and I'll yeah, I so I gotta give it a little bit of props. Yeah. <laughs> All right, holy shit! Well, I'm gonna agree with Mark on this one. I just put ass, so it's getting flushed. <laughs> remember this song for the life of me. I'm sorry. Actually, any... Talking Hawkins just was collateral damage. Everything around it is just getting savage because of how bad it was. Yeah, this is... I don't know anything about this song, but it's next to Talking Hawkins. So I don't want to see confused it. face. No, I'm... He no, liked my... the guitar part. Nobody else cares. Yeah, no, my my confusion has to do with how kind of brutal I'm gonna be for the next uh, probably all. How <laughs> oh, well? Yeah. Can't wait for this. Should should Chris, we, are yeah. you just doing a, an an Alex Pallet a patented flush out? <laughs> all right, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, 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 I think the cash in my away. flush has now things. Take yeah, my yeah, chips just, to the yeah. register. <laughs> yeah, for the uh, for the sake of time, yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, here he goes. He's on the same anger. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hard. I, I want to flush louder than words, but I get what the, uh, what's uh, his, uh, uh, Dave's wife, what she was trying to do. She was trying to kind of, again, book end. The, so this one, this one, he actually is feeling sorry for the wife. Yeah. 
Yeah, where she was trying to like clearly as far as we've yeah. evolved. So okay, so yeah, yeah, just again for time's sake, I'm gonna I'm gonna very passionately flush eyes of pearls and surfacing. Okay. And yeah, keep uh, louder again, eyes of pearl. I don't want if I want my I only want my metal acoustic guitar <laughs> on metal, not in a Pink Floyd song for fifty years after they formed. All right. Um so, so- and uh, surfacing, like, I want my pulls uh, apart to be major key and not minor key, so see ya. Okay, get the plan. Yeah, just yep. stuff that down there. Uh, louder <laughs> He's than just words. just stuffing it down there without flushing no, it. No, wait, yet. I'm, taking, I'm right. taking orders, so if we go everybody yeah. else, then I'll do a group at the end, like we did on the yeah, wall, yeah, okay? Right, I, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, briefly taking control here, and I'm just, yeah, so we get kind of get through this. <laughs> uh, louder than words, a light squeeze, yeah, okay. for the lyrics, but the music, the music is on a, on a little bit uninspiring, so there we All go. All right, well, who's, who's, who's I'm, orders I'm next? Out. I got a double, yep. double, okay, so double Mark, flush yeah. of love. Yep, stock me up. I will also order two flushes and a love. All right. Um, louder than words being my love because I feel like, uh, again, Chris kind of saved that and Hey, I'm positive about Pink Floyd. I'm positive about their entire career and to flush the end of it, especially to, to flush the last five songs. I know, yeah. I know I should have ended with Alan Z, but uh, louder than words just barely makes the cut and I will also order a flush flush. Love. Okay. Sounds good. Two flush flush loves coming up. Alex? Yeah, you know what? This would have been this would have been a lot faster if I would have just picked like the three loves I had in this album. <laughs> we really didn't have to go through all this. But uh, I'm actually uh, I'm pretty entertained. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I'm actually gonna defer a little bit, I think, here. I'm gonna go light squeeze flush. And I was gonna buy louder than words because I literally wrote buy solely because there's vocals. But if I'm really thinking about it, that's not really representing the album because like 99% of this album is no vocals. So that's why I'm just going to give it a strong love. So yeah, light squeeze, flush, strong okay. love. Okay. Well, I I think I'm going to order up what Chris and Mark had, which is flush, flush, love. Um, okay. And I think that wraps it up. I don't know if anybody wants any cokes or extra fries with this order, uh, but we good. No, we good. I don't need anything. All right. Pink all right. Second. Cue it up. Seven yeah. Flushes. Second window. You can you can pay at the first window. Get your food at the second window. Hang on. Gonna have, yeah, gonna have to pull the uh, toilets off their foundations soon. Yeah, yeah make sure. Yeah, yeah you got, <laughs> you get some, out the rooter. <laughs> yeah, gonna, gonna have, gonna have some stru- structural da- issues. Yeah, you know, you, <laughs> you would, you would really be confused by looking at this uh, love it or flush it chart. Mm. Uh, if we all end louder than words with a love, you'd be like, hey, that they must have liked that. They must have gave that. <laughs> it was all just a, a reluctant squeeze at the end there, even though everyone gave it a. A love. So uh, kind of interesting how we ended up aligning and really uh, to uh, tally up the final totals uh, from Pink Floyd. Um, so across the buys, uh, uh, I had 20 buys. Chris, you had 20. Kevin wins with 21. Somehow uh, sneaking out, uh, uh, eking one out there. And uh, Alex, uh, need to brush up on your Pink Floyd or Genius.com or whatever because you only had 17 buys. Um, so, uh, yeah, Van Halen, they obviously are not to you and, uh, <laughs> like 17 for you. And, uh, in terms of the terminations, we're all pretty even, 
Um, Chris ends up with the most loved at 83, and that gives him the winner of the Pink Floyd Spaz Award. Uh, or, I guess Pink Floyd Love. Uh, he got 64% of Pink Floyd Love. Uh, strangely enough, Alex, you end up ahead of me uh, at 58%. I have 57 and Kevin lagging behind. You know, Couldn't that, care that, less for the band, but he does end up in positive territory at 52%. That that That's what I was going to, and I'm glad you, you mentioned this, and sorry to steal you here, but I was talking to Kevin about this, and I was trying to think, and maybe we could talk about this, but this being the final... Pink Floyd episode, and I'm sure some fans are happy that we're done because <laughs> uh, they don't have to hear us. They don't have to hear us trash their favorite band anymore. But like all all jokes aside, and, and to be fair, I, I knew Van Halen was my favorite band growing up. So obviously, covering that band, I'm gonna love it. And Metallica, I I love a whole lot too, and grew up covering a lot of those songs. So Pink Floyd was like the first band where I'm like, all right, I'm kind of going in blind here outside of a few albums, so like, I'm really hoping that this becomes a favorite band of mine. And honestly, I was kind of expecting maybe a little more. Like, yeah. out of, at the very end, great band, totally different band than Metallica and Van Halen. Yeah. I did I did discover some songs that I absolutely like, Goodbye Blue Sky and One Slip and some stuff. The uh, Nile uh, song. You know, Sots or Fall. The Nile yeah. song, Chapter 24. I mean... <laughs> There was some songs in here and some live, like if I didn't do this, I would have never found Delicate Sound of Thunder. And that's been one of my favorite live concerts ever now for watching that. So I guess it was worth it for that. But I guess I was expecting to discover more loves and I didn't find as much as I did. So I don't know. How, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Kind of wrapping well, it up at yeah, the end here. I, I like that uh, thought. And just to, to I'll pull up the Van Halen scores. Alex, 76, Chris, 75, uh, Kevin, 71, and uh, myself at 63%. Wow. Metallica, everyone, uh, still Alex at 72, Chris at 65, Kevin at 64, and myself at 63. So clearly we are, Chris is the only one with a score that is reminiscent of the others. Um, Pink Floyd has not, uh, I mean, the the, the the science is not, aligned, or the math is not uh lying here we were not as enthusiastic as pink floyd um yeah i mean i will say that it is skewed a little bit with the five track albums i mean mathematically forcing a terminate and a flush is going to bring that percentage down but still i'm kind of surprised that i ended up so low uh in third place actually closer to kevin um considering my enthusiasm for the opening uh era of pink floyd so that's kind of my takeaway and uh why don't we also throw out maybe we usually uh we try to include the what do you take away from this album um you know i i don't know that anybody has anything beyond ah eh or sucks <laughs> so maybe we'll just make this a 30 or not a 30 seconds but a um what do you take away from pink floyd as a whole that you would incorporate into your songwriting artistry playing creativity or whatever um Let's think about that and see if anybody wants to change their score first before we get to that. So you want, like, as, as far as what what we, as far as going over their entire discography, what do yeah. we come so away with as far as that, that, yeah. So, like, last album, I answered that question uh, with, you know, if you have a, a, a closer for your career and you've written it, Eddie, like, write your closer before you need to. So High Hopes being my takeaway for that, just like it felt like it was written in 87 and they had it ready to go. Um, for this one, like, I don't know if I have anything to take away from this album other than, you know, maybe I don't I, I, I don't have much. But like as, as far as the career of Pink Floyd, like I would take away, you know, like 
probably stick to your concept. Like that's what I would take away. Like, like yeah. really don't undersell the concept or like go all in with it. Like as, as I think it, that goes back to animals for me where I hated it and loved it for diametrically opposite reasons. Right. And that push pull just worked so well for me to give it the first 10. Um, so like, just go all in with the concept, make it your own. As much as I hated it, I also loved it. And in some ways, maybe I was even jealous of Roger for just making it his own and saying, you know, what? I don't need to follow the story. I'm Roger Waters. I'm going to make it my own. He did. So just, you know, all in buying on the concept. That's what I take away from Pink Floyd as, as a, uh, as an entire discography. Um, what I would take away, I think is like, don't be the one thing I take away musically that I have is just one thing is don't be afraid to experiment here and there. And I know I flushed some of those experiments, but I think we also saw the results of some of those experiments and eventually they became brilliant and it took a long time to get there. But I think maybe some of that is necessary. Maybe you don't have to release it all. But, you know, I, I appreciate that growth. And I also love the fact that they usually went for an atmosphere and usually achieved it. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Not to be lazy, but like I, I couldn't, I literally couldn't think. And that's a really good way to put it. Um, yeah. I guess don't, yeah, don't be afraid to experiment with it. Cause I don't know. I, I guess with, Pink Floyd, I really appreciated that they could do, and I commented on it many times, but how they could do so many different styles of music, but still make it Pink Floyd. Like I said, they could do the Beach Boys thing, they could do the Beatles thing, they could do the folky thing, disco. They could do, they could do the disco. They could do the heavy. They could do the '80s thing. But it always, I mean, obviously they're singing on it, and it's their tone, so it's going to sound like them. But they always had like the smarts to <clears throat> kind of make it a little bit maybe more smarter than the other bands like and i look at that one slip example where they had this huge like poppy 80s chorus but they were throwing some chords in there that kind of made you think a little bit and I, I appreciated that and if anything this band made me look into the lyrics a little bit more in concepts because yeah i'm not the biggest concept record guy i mean as big of a rush fan as i am and i love those but like, I don't go and listen to a whole lot of concept albums, so I guess I, it made me appreciate those a little bit more and pay attention more to storylines and flow and stuff like that. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Chris, what's your uh, takeaway from Pink Floyd at a Hole that you want to incorporate into your playing or writing or whatever? Um, It's funny. I was just thinking about it as far as uh, just an artist or a band kind of trying to live up to the standards yeah, that they've laid down. And you can see... Yeah, band, yeah, like Pink Floyd, they really, especially as they went on, they really struggled with that. Once they kind of really made their mark, it, it seemed like they were always, yeah, and sometimes it succeeded, some, sometimes it didn't. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know, I guess that would be a problem for any band, I mean, getting to that uh, uh, that level. Um, yeah, I guess that's one thing you can come away from their, yeah, their discography is just, yeah, uh, the pressure of doing what they did and trying to move forward um, and how it affects you down the line. And it did. So, I mean, you see here, I mean, this is a very disorganized album, unfortunately. I mean, I know it was kind of, yeah, like, like Kevin said earlier, it should have been a part of like, like a, like a, like a compilation record or a, or a box set. Mm -hmm. um, did, did, did it need to be 
did it need to be in this form though just because they're pink floyd did they feel that they just had to yeah kind of like uh yeah, like this is in some weird ethereal way yeah the uh, the three uh remaining members one being permanently gone trying to trying to say something i don't know i th- i think maybe maybe they should have kind of tried to tone down that pressure on them like did they really need with such an incredible body of work up until that point did they need yeah yeah did they need to yeah, to do something like this i that's actually a really i don't yeah, know that's a great point of do you, do you like that, do what's necessary sometimes or like what is what is actually right. necessary for a band yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah yeah and don't yeah and don't let the i mean and i understand i can't imagine i mean just being in a band because i mean they're one of the legacy bands i mean they're uh like joe walsh said in the eagles documentary like i'm the, the eagles i'm like i'm lucky to be in like a real band i mean there's only a few bands like that and mm-hmm. yeah just living up to that you are the major leagues right yeah i mean once you reach that threshold i mean yeah and i'm sure the other pressure is yeah insurmountable i mean even for a band like pink floyd they're probably even higher than that <laughs> yeah they're really mm-hmm. in that to like that top four they're or five bands of all time sure. so. um yeah and yeah as far yeah, as far as my one yeah yeah, as far as yeah, trying yeah, when you get to that point, you're just trying to keep yourself kind of grounded, I guess. Which sometimes it's difficult to do sometimes. And sure. I mean, and I am kind of surprised. I mean, with everything that well, not Connie Roger, because yeah, he's yeah, he's he is who he is. But uh, yeah, Dave and Nick. I mean, all those the other three guys. I mean, we're always we're very humble, but it seems like there was always as people. But it seems like they always kind of struggled. Uh, which is kind of keeping this Titanic thing that they had created, yeah, yeah, afloat yeah, I mean, and, and, and relevant. They yeah, were rudderless yeah. several times and managed to keep moving forward. Right, and whether it worried, it, it, of course, yeah, it didn't work all the time. Um, but uh, again, they kind of did it, yeah, on their mm-hmm. terms, yeah, regardless of the struggles that they ran into. And there have been quite a few. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah hopefully, hopefully, I was clear. I know, I, I know that by kind of a little bit complicated the complex what i was trying to yeah uh, well you know, you know, I, I, have a, I have a hot take question here that yeah. i just thought of and i don't want anybody to take offense like not you guys but like <clears throat> just something i was just thinking of when chris was talking and you were saying how how pink floyd is like bigger than the eagles i, I would imagine like more yeah, much, universe yeah. much more universally known and I'm trying to think to myself, like, because, like I said, like I listened, I, we all listened to every Pink Floyd album, and I, I said that I did discover things that I liked, but not as much as I thought. And I was thinking to myself, like, uh, do I, maybe I don't want to say that they're overrated, <clears throat> but that's kind of in a way kind of thinking a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah, they're they're very much a band that kind of hit those but, mo- moment but in time here's, marks. Yeah, here's but then I think to myself, okay, well, who are the other big prog? acts you know you got genesis you got yes you got rush also huge bands but i wouldn't say universally as big and as loved and i would say even more talented from like a musicianship playing like Mm. you know if you're talking about like different time like technicality wise and stuff like that i would say that they're they're riffing and so I, i guess my thing is like why was pink floyd bigger than those bands and i'm thinking um uh, like maybe from an image standpoint, and I hate to say this because I'm not one of these people, but then I was thinking to another band, a band that I cannot stand. Like I, I can't get into them. 
but a huge band, huge huge cult following, The Grateful Dead. Yeah. What's a, what's a huge reason why they're big? Uh, it's not really about the music; it's about the culture. Right. And and, and there's a huge there's a huge psychedelic drug thing to that band. And I have to say, there's a there's that in Pink Floyd as well. So my, I guess my question is, as the contender, if that image and that psychedelic aspect wasn't there, like how big is that into why they're so successful? Yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, Genesis, because Genesis and Yes didn't really have that as much. Like they didn't put it out there as much. Like, yeah, I'm sure they were doing drugs and doing that kind of stuff, but like they don't put it out there with the the imagery and stuff as big as like Grateful Dead or Pink Floyd do. Like, it's like the dark side of the moon. It's got the rainbow. It's like that's yeah. They're okay, kind of known for that. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how big does that play into it? Like, if they didn't have it, would they be as good? Yeah, I, all these, I, I all love these, the question. All these, I all these going to push factors, back yeah. though against Genesis. I am. I would submit that Genesis is bigger than Pink Floyd. Uh, the, Gen- I, the Genesis family tree is bigger than the Pink Floyd family tree. I don't know. If, oh, if you oh, sum up Peter Gabriel, oh, yeah, and Phil I'm, Collins, I'm about, and like, Genesis, play... yeah, I think they're they're they made a bigger impact on music than Pink Floyd. You know, but I, I totally get your point when it comes. But you to don't yes see, and, and, but you, you, you don't see Gen. And, you don't see Genesis and Yes shirts at Target and Walmart like that. Pink Floyd is so synonymous, and I'm just and yeah, we rated Dark Side of the Moon so highly, and it's it's a huge album. But I just wonder, like, what what was it that made them like the upper echelon of bands, like outside of those couple things? For whatever like, reason, yeah. I mean, dark. You you could be you could be just blunt and say it. For whatever, yeah. Dark side came out, and it just. I mean, no other album besides Back in Black and Thriller. Maybe Thriller is a better yet, where he captured the zeitgeist of the. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and you yeah, could capture the zeitgeist in 1972. Now that's not possible. Right. Yeah, for whatever like reason, I don't Michael know. Michael Jackson it, achieved a level of fame that is inachievable today. Pink right. Floyd sold, uh, made an impact on culture in a moment that would never be able to be made today. Right. Uh, but I wouldn't say yeah, that they, yeah, yeah, they didn't have the overreaching kind of popularity that Michael Jackson had were just like, yeah, generational. Yeah, I mean, he was still, I mean, I would say, yeah, he waned in the 90s, but yeah, but those... But yeah, as far as now, yeah, you can't yeah, you can't really put. Uh, okay, so yeah, take out Dark yeah. Side. It do, it doesn't exist. Are they anywhere near where they are? Probably does not. The, is mean, the they, wall even? Oh. Can, can people even stand the wall anymore? Yeah, and even is as strong just, as yeah, I don't know. Even as strong as Wish You Were Here was, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I. It's weird. That's how that's how popular. I mean, that's entertainment. I mean, I was talking with my dad the other day. We were like, why some bands just. Are great and they just float away and some of them just hit for whatever reason i mean it's hard i mean it's driven artists mad for years like why i mean my material is just as good why didn't it i don't know well that's yeah sometimes you just yeah you, you see it's affected bands too like where they just yeah you know, like guns and roses the appetite came out and it pretty much destroyed the band i mean they couldn't yeah just the pressure in that yeah sometimes you don't know you're even nirvana is another good example yeah with it would never mind just this very kind of sensitive. I mean, you don't know. He just wrote music that he had no idea at that moment in time was going to click on a global level. You don't have any control for that. You just mm-hmm. a lot of people they put out their music. Sometimes it reaches a few hundred people, and sometimes again out of your control, it just on a neurological level, it just whatever. It just feeds that empty spot for fifty million people. Okay, well, here's what know. I'll submit, though. I, I, I see Alex's point, but I, I don't yeah. think I would throw the psychedelic 
out as the main reason. I, I think it definitely was how they got their foothold. Um, I mean, if you just think about watching the movies that they scored and kind of the the, the drug culture of London at the time and how that was really, um, you know, such a part of their shows and their early performances. But I do think like in speaking to the ethos of our show, Light the Sky, it was them going out and putting out a show and the, the big pig and the lasers oh, yeah. and, and the everything. Live, like, if it weren't yeah. for that, that's what drove them to iconic yeah. status, that you, to see a Pink Floyd show. Um, almost so much to where everyone had seen a Pink Floyd show to the point where Johnny Rotten is writing, I hate Pink Floyd because he's so sick right. of hearing about Pink Floyd. And uh, that just, you know, took its own, it, it, its it, own it, way forward. It was, so. yeah, it was weird in, in a way. I mean, they really grabbed onto the live setting, especially back then, in a way that a lot of other bands didn't. I mean, even before Dark Side, I mean, they were playing arenas on Adam Hartmother and Metal. I mean, yeah, they were... Even though they weren't like album wise, they were still kind of growing. But for whatever reason, they established themselves as this big ethereal kind of experience. Right. It was the they Pink had Floyd films experience. for their shows. They yeah, were gimmicky, was, like Cooper or Kiss or yeah. whatever. Like it was actually a a genuine artistic experience. Right, and that uh, yeah, and that's what people for whatever reason, yeah, eighty thousand people a night. Yeah, where I know Roger ultimately that broke him mentally, but mm-hmm. yeah, they just uh, that was an unintended consequence. Yeah, of their yeah just building this because they were uh, they started out as I mean even in the early Sid Barrett days. I mean they were a visual band in those little clubs. I mean they just showed it was something like going to watch a movie or going to watch a play or whatever, and you're just going in, you're just taking it in, and mm-hmm. just and then they over a decade they built that up into yeah into sure. venues. Yeah, that most bands who had big hits could only dream of being able to present something in that fashion. Kevin, yeah, any for, closing thoughts? Uh, on this particular discussion? or in, Yeah, on this in topic. General, <clears throat> I think that, um, sorry, <clears throat> um, that kind of dark side is the whole linchpin for this entire band. It, it, it is, yeah. It, I think. Without it, I think they might have been an interesting and semi-popular footnote in the music books. You know, of this psychedelic, you know, movement. Yes, Same. and and they, they maybe faded out after that. Who knows, you know, where the personalities and everything went. And then you have Dark Side and it also, you know, took its own toll on the band and catapulted them to a level that they probably weren't expecting and probably tore the band apart in its own way and wrote its own story and blew up its fame to something they never even would have imagined and can like connected like Chris said. And without it, you know, no, we probably don't get wish you were here and animals in the wall and all of Roger's reactions and, and everything like that. And they kind of just peter out. So it's, it's right. that, that and, I mean, and like, yes, give them credit. It's not, I'm not saying they're lucky to just write dark side because you have to be able to follow it up. They did do it. So you have to evaluate right. with it in their yeah, career. Yeah. And they did. And they, they, had, they were able yeah, to follow it three, up. Yeah. yeah. With, with several solid albums. It wasn't a one album wonder kind of deal. So yes. I, I just think the reason this album, that album was so successful is yes, the songs are great and the production is timeless but I think so much of it was also, it was just right place, right time, and the marketing yeah. and the imagery. It was everything. Yeah. Like, And that's what I mean. It's like, I hate to pin it on the drug thing, but 
and and oh yeah, I, just, that was, I yeah. do feel like that's like a huge part of it. Like that's yeah, I, I feel like that's why so many people like there's a huge cult following around the Grateful Dead. Like music wise, it just they don't have any freaking singles. They just jam for four hours and people just go. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I always I, wonder but, why people like the fish. Yeah, yeah but yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, sure, it's like it's like talented and jammy, but like, is that really why you're going to to right. watch them freaking jam? Like. Or are you going to fucking smoke a bong for a couple hours uh, and get away I, with I, it? I just I, I wonder if that is kind of why. I see what you're saying now, and that definitely is an element because, and they kind of did it to themselves too with their live experiences. Were were a perfect breeding ground for people on any kind of substance that you can you can imagine. I'm sure that fed into it. So to yeah. close out the argument, the answer yeah. to this is everything. I mean, you don't get to you don't get to the point where you're one of the biggest artists uh, to ever light the sky without having multiple things, multiple cylinders firing. I mean, look, right. you can misfire yeah. for a bit, but you can't misfire but, yeah, but, yeah, forever. One, so right, yeah, one, yeah, right. One last point, though. I mean, in order for a band to endure, though, the music still has to has to be solid and has to transcend and has to pay go from sure. generation to generation I, and it does yeah even after all that so that's that says something else like okay there was something after the 73 74 era of the, of the drug culture or that era of drug culture yeah the music was still there i mean yeah dark side i mean it was, was on the charts for what like 1100 weeks or something crazy like that yeah i mean mm-hmm. so okay yeah that's all right yeah, that, that's 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 moving through eras of changing cultural whatever you want to call it sure so so again yeah at the end of the day it's like yeah okay yeah there the, the, of course yeah the culture had an impact on the success but yeah the the question is though can yeah the material survive that though is it good enough yeah to be able to escape those uh well i yeah. think so and i think so and i can answer that because i'm not and, and this is no offense to people who do drugs and and do that kind of stuff like right. I, I i hope I, i'm not coming across that way I, I was just trying to maybe understand if that plays a huge part into it which well, I, probably, I, think yeah. it, I think it might i mean it was part of the time but yeah to be totally honest like i don't do psychedelic drugs or smoke or do anything like that and i still absolutely love that album and love a lot of their songs so yes it can touch kind of anybody which but is you're right. just saying like, that it just those people it, it takes it to such new heights Sure. For them yeah. that they ignore maybe the weaknesses of it and that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, denigrating yes. our fine work here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's, it's a fascinating discussion. Hope, uh, whoever has made it this far after I called you all spazzes, uh, for, uh, <laughs> listening to talking Hawking or whatever, um, for, uh, making it this far, because it certainly, it was a great wrap to a great journey. Uh, that regardless of the outcome, uh, I'm happy to have embarked upon. And uh, with that in mind, we close out Pink Floyd. And I hope that you have some extra Aquanet in your bathroom. I hope you are ready to tease up your hair. I hope oh you are ready to put on your can little I, sister's pants. Can I have some uh, fun? I hope you are ready to uh, <laughs> make a trip to uh, uh, the... Uh, the local um, uh, club because we are going to prep you because the boys are about to rock. <laughs>